So the other day I was in my car and I was driving by a, a Twin Peaks restaurant. You're familiar with the Twin Peaks, aren't you? Yeah, is it's it's kind of like a Hooters type of thing. Yes, that's right. It is yeah. another yeah. uh titty themed restaurant with, you know, boobs in their logo. It's like two mountains right. it's like oh, like boobs. Uh-huh. And um I got to thinking about it. I was thinking we got we got Twin Peaks, we got Hooters. Uh-huh. Are we missing out on like the potential of an entire world of like erotically themed body part centric restaurants? What else could okay. there be out there? So Okay, trademark dead and lovely. You guys know and I'm idea man. I'm always just tossing out some ideas to I'm you guys. Excited for this one. Trademark dead and lovely. They're ours first. And let me know if you think of any too. I'd like to hear about them. Um, okay, here's my first idea I came up with. Okay, yeah, obviously everybody loves a boob or a butt or what have you. Maybe a, a strong bicep, but you know what? There's something out there for everybody. I'm sure somebody out there listening right there is like. If you ask me, I'm more of an elbow guy or gal. <laughs> right. All right. But like where's the their restaurant? The elbow or the pointy part? I mean, yes. You All know, of it. it could be either oh, okay. one. Just the whole thing, I guess. So here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about elbows macaroni den. Okay, it's an all macaroni based <laughs> restaurant where your your servers. I'm thinking like the whole like shtick is. Over here, we put our elbows on the table. You know Ooh, what I mean? Damn. Like your server comes over to take your uh-huh. order, and they like put their elbows on the table. Like, hi, I'm Brian. Uh-huh. I'll be your server. See anything you yep. like? You know, it's like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> elbows with a Z, I, I think. Mean, listen, I, the thing is, this this is it could fly under the radar. So you got your elbow fetishes, then you just got people coming in for macaroni. I love macaroni. Like elbows are and fine they, by me. They're just but like, oh, they just put their elbows on the table there. It's like a yeah. funny joke. They it's like do. it's informal, you know? They put their elbows right. on the table. Yeah. <laughs> they have to go back home and explain to your spouse, like, no, 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 I was there for the macaroni. <laughs> okay, but of course it's not just it's not just elbows with everybody. Some people, right. you know what? They they might be really into something that's affixed to a pretty face. Maybe even decorated with some ornate jewelry or a, a cool piercing or something like that. I'm talking about okay. them them ears we got on either side of our head. That's why I propose we start ears sexy corn cuisine. It's a very corn-based menu, but it's also there to show off the server's, you know, ears, like in a really hot way. I think you're you're gonna get some uh, interchange with people seeing the corn as a phallic object. Ooh, also that, yes. Maybe get. I'm just saying, maybe some of your servers are uh, dudes with big ears and big hogs. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It could be, man. Maybe they got a cool (laughs) slogan like, you know. I'm here to take your order. I'm listening or something sexy like that. <laughs> I'm listening for your order. Oh, that's another angle. Yes. So lo- lonely people could come <laughs> and I just, just need talk, to talk to the to. server. Yeah, we went to ears. No, it's just because I wanted somebody to listen to me for once. We need therapy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's perfect. I, I want to go to ears now. Okay, so you mentioned a second ago, maybe maybe the you know the servers have these big hogs and stuff, right? Uh-huh. I've actually got another restaurant for them to, okay. to work at because I was thinking about this, and it's like you know Hooters. Obviously, the whole shtick is like it's it's boobs and it's wings, but I'll be honest with you, their wings are not really that good. No, they're not. They're sloppy. 
Yeah, and I feel like they've kind of gotten away from that. So I think if we have another restaurant that really pushes wings to the forefront and they're served to you by, you know, uh, extremely handsome waiters with, like, huge packages, just huge bulges, uh-huh. you know? Right. Uh, I'm proposing maybe a place called Wang Stop. What do you think about Wang that? Wang Stop. Stop. Blow Wing Stop off the map. <sighs> Wang Stop. I mean, the, I, I can see the appeal here. Now, yeah. Because like I mean you get you get that that uh, that chicken leg chicken leg chicken wing in your your <laughs> mouth you know maybe you start showing off to the server like look what I can do oh man how many do you think there, I can fit in know? here huh yeah <laughs> and the server can manipulate that then to be like yeah how many can you fit in would you like an order of twenty four like <laughs> yeah there we go he's upselling while they think he's he's trying to sling dick I like it. I think this is going to work in everybody's favor, honestly. Absolutely. This is great. (laughs) Okay. Oh, by the way, this is a horror movie podcast. We're not doing horror movies this month. It's Action August. Uh, Right. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. I got a few more. (laughs) Anyway. We got got more restaurants. Yeah, there's more important things to talk about here, guys. (laughs) Okay, so all the things I've talked about so far, I think have been very superficial. You know, an elbow, a huge dong, stuff like that. Right. Sometimes people want to get to know an interest deeper, like from the inside. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. That's why I think I'm going to start up a chain of marrow-based restaurants. You know, uh, marrow is very popular. Yeah. They're making the marrow butter. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Sure. Skeleton's stuff. Marrow Bar is what I'm proposing. Skeleton's and like the way it's all kind of set up is like, you know, you sit down at your table, your server comes over. It's like, hello, I'm Natasha. Here's my latest x-ray. Can I take your order? <laughs> And it's like, the, you know, the servers have to have regular CAT scans and stuff so that you can stay up to date and see what they look like from the inside. <laughs> right? This is a oh, fetish dude, I do just, not it, know about. It just hit me. It can be like, our food is X-rated. Oh, Jesus. Oh. That's perfect. Oh, wait. Food's so hot, it's X-rated. There we go. That's bad. Okay. So, yeah, you're drawing, you're drawing in the x-ray crowd <laughs> that i guess exists <laughs> you're getting the bone people the people that just love yeah. bones oh that could be nothing we're here to bone i don't know something like that you down to yeah, bone but then come on that, down to skeletons that, that motto itself is gonna pull in you know probably half your crowd it's so good and dude i'll go simply because marrow is delicious Wow, yeah, that sounds great. You go in, you go in just for the marrow. They show you their x-ray. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I don't know what that was about. They seem to be looking at me like as if they expected me to be enticed or something. Like, I don't know. It's good to know you're healthy, I suppose. I don't know. You look sturdy. I don't know. Here are my latest test results. I don't have leukemia. Oh, that's uh, that's good. That's great for you. Glad to hear that. Could you just tell me about the specials? Right, please. All right, my last one. I got one last one. All right. Let's say that you're somebody that just wants to get themselves some good down-home Southern cooking. Steve, we're Southern boys. Yeah, we're no strangers to some cornbread, mm-hmm, some, love some baked beans and, and tomatoes yep. and fried mm-hmm. chicken and all this kind of stuff. Right. But you know what? There's some of those among us Southern boys would also like to see, I'm talking just a steamy hot clavicle. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. If you're one of those people, you're going to need to head down to Collards and Collars Southern Cooking. 
Okay. Collards okay. and collars. Collards and collars. Yeah. And so you go down there to see collarbones and get some collard greens. Yeah, I think the servers all wear like boat neck <laughs> shirts that are like, you know. Of course, yeah. Really low cut. Maybe like a super deep V neck or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah Show like me that way fucking deep. collarbone. Uh-huh. Oof. Oh, damn. I'll have the fried chicken also. Yeah, could I also could I get some crystal hot sauce for my collard greens, please? Of course, yeah. What else are you going to do? <laughs> I just think that there's a whole world of body part centric erotic restaurants that's just waiting to be tapped into. Yeah, man. I agree with you. I mean, and uh, that doesn't even discount uh, the idea that uh, Anna and Emily and I had when driving past Twin Peaks last week of a David Lynch themed restaurant. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 wow so you can have like yeah. the mulholland drive Mudman lava cake at the end of your meal i guess <laughs> <laughs> like Ugh. you walk in you walk in and it's that it's it's that room with the guy who talked backwards oh jesus christ <laughs> just like yeah how many for your table <laughs> <laughs> Your server comes up and just starts screaming and crying and runs away. Yeah. I think we ordered. I don't know. <laughs> he might have ordered for us. I'm not really sure. Then he just brings you a bill. It's like, we're supposed to leave, I guess. Loved the bill it. It says great. they owe us. I don't know. What? <laughs> yeah. They, they paid me. <laughs> sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm saying, just call us if you're hoping to open a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have ideas, clearly, on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the greatest horror movie slash uh, uh, restauranteer slash (laughs) temporarily an action movie podcast. Just listen, guys, it's our fucking podcast. It makes all the sense in the world. (laughs) We just do whatever we want to with it. I mean, seriously, uh, it is what it is, okay? We've been doing this a long time. You got to do stuff to keep it interesting. You know how it is. It's true. Maybe butt stuff, you know? That's another one yeah. I missed out on. Fucking, it's a, it's a barbecue restaurant. It's just called Butts, and the whole thing is <laughs> asses and barbecue. Butts. Okay, listen. That know. is the best idea you've ever had. A Probably. barbecue place with thick, meaty asses and barbecue. Like Done. Uh, that's first trademark, off, I got yeah. a thick, meaty ass, and I need a job, so that sounds great. You like barbecue? You know the stuff? I so. love barbecue. Gonna go work it. Gonna go work butts. at butts. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a job for you. It's just waiting. Oh man, here with the hostess the most is me, your buddy, <laughs> Uncle Ben, <laughs> and me, Hollywood Steve. Woo! And we are here with our temporary action diversion here in Action August. Action August. <laughs> Kung Fu edition. We're talking about one entire the dog run today. Entire the dog run. Bruce yeah. Lee. Oh damn, mm-hmm. man. Oh damn. And you know what? Just spoilers up front. Zero out of ten. Movie did not perform as advertised. <laughs> no dragons. Uh, certainly dragons. no dragons being entered, as far as I can oh. tell. Well, we're going to talk about that for sure. We're going to talk uh, about that later on in the show. We're going to shoot the <laughs> shit, catch up, uh, talk about dragons and shit. And uh, then we'll get to the movie review. If you just want to get straight onto the movie review portion, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. Uh, but long story short, yeah, you should fucking watch this movie. It's fucking awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean we'll talk about why you should, but go do it. Yes. Yeah, go do that thing. Dude, I'm going to go ahead and start drinking early. You mind if I do that? <laughs> go for it. Think I'll just stay here and drink. I've already cracked open a spicy water myself. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of warm over here. My air conditioning in the studio went out again, so it got really hot in here, and thankfully our... Our bold and intrepid air conditioning repair people that take care of the building here came and got it fixed up. But it's still cooling down, so I need something to cool me off here. I've got a beer that was delivered into my hot little hands by our main man, RDM, Roger Dean Miller, whenever he was here recently. I'm excited about this right here. This is a beer by Prairie Artisan Ales. Remember some of those Prairie beers we've had Mm -hmm. on the show before? Yeah, I do. So fucking good, man. Yes, and uh, this is their beer called Slush, which is a sour ale with strawberry, raspberry, lemon, and lime. Oh, damn. I am interested because what you just said is uh, sounds like a like a sonic slush type of thing, right? Right. That's what they're going for, right? And it's kind of like a, a suicide slush because you did all the flavors, mm. I guess. Yeah, I could do. I could definitely get down with that. Let's just find out about this thing. It's also 6.1%, which for like Ooh, a sour damn. kind of thing is kind of high. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Ooh, damn. How oh, that taste? That's fucking good, man. That has the right balance of sweet and sour. Like, there's a lot of sours, especially ones that really push, you know, that many fruit flavors up front that are like, this isn't a sour. This is a sweet. Let's be honest. Right. You know? Yeah. It just tastes like a delicious fruit punch. Yeah. Uh-huh. This has all those fruity flavors and stuff, but it is still nicely tart and not overly sweet. Also, once again, as sours tend to do, uh, no detectable booze whatsoever. That's pretty fucking crazy. Also, I'll tell you what, on the subject of a uh, non-distinguishable alcohol, I had myself a really fucking fantastic non-alcoholic IPA this weekend that a friend gave me. Yeah, a good buddy of mine just kind of recently quit drinking, and uh-huh. he's finding himself keeping satisfied off of some really good NA beers that they're making now, and cool. just, you know, smoking weed at the same time, which is right. fucking great. <laughs> so he's uh-huh. like, dude, just try one. He's like, dude, just have one just to have one. I was like, all right. So this is by um, Athletic Brewing Company. It's their Free Wave Hazy IPA. Hmm. It contains less than 0.5% alcohol, so like nothing. Right. Dude, it was startlingly fantastic. Like, oh, if awesome. a beer just tasted like that, I would fucking buy it. Uh, so, if you're trying to cut down on the booze, check that shit out. It was really good. I know Lagunitas has a non-alcoholic IPA. I've seen it in the stores. Never, I bet it never fucks, tried man. it. I bet it does. Dude, sure. could you imagine like trying to quit drinking beer back in the day? And it's like your choices are O'Doul's. <laughs> you have no choices. O'Doul's. <laughs> I've I've had myself some O'Doul's as a fun joke at parties. That's right. Um, that used to be your, your best Mormon trick is bringing a sixer right. of, of O'Doul's. Yeah, show up to the party with a sixer of O'Doul's. Everybody's like, oh, I got to get me one of those. <laughs> it, tastes like, <laughs> it tastes like bread soda. It does. Uh, O'Doul's. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> Wasn't you just recently talking about being a Mormon and being not a Mormon no more somewheres? I was, yeah, on uh, uh, Jack of All Graves. Uh, Corey and I just recorded an episode on Monday, yesterday, that uh, dropped last night. Uh, I was talking about uh, Mormon beliefs and and b- becoming a Mormon and also becoming a not Mormon. <laughs> so if you want to hear me talk about that, uh, there's also some uh, some really fun stuff in there because Corey and I 
uh, had a blast talking. Corey's a delight. She is a delight. Yeah. Yeah. So go check that out. Jack of all graves. Really fun episode. Word, man. What have you been up to this week? You been good? Yeah, man. Well, we recorded on Sunday. Um, so it, it's, it's been about a week and a half since we recorded and I've, I've done a good bit of stuff, man. I, uh, I ate at Finn two downtown for the first time. I had get you had a sushi, sushi sandwich. Damn. Right. I hadn't had sushi in years cause Emily no. doesn't. Yeah. Emily doesn't like sushi and I will not get sushi at a place that is not a sushi place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've been places where I could have gotten sushi, but I I don't want to get somebody's side hustle sushi. I want mean, sushi, sushi, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if you go to like a Thai place and they have sushi, it usually sucks. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like I I've I've avoided it. Um. Uh. But I really really was like excited to have it. We went to uh, Fin Two. Love it. And boy, I'll tell you what. That's I. Sushi is so good. Like, what? <laughs> and and the, it was so fresh. Like the tuna, yes, very much. T- it was amazing. Like I I rarely have had tuna that just does not taste like fish. I know, like, right? Yeah. It just tastes like a nice, delicious, meaty, like steaky taste, which is what Love tuna it. should taste like when it's fresh. Hell, you might have just uh, inspired me to order some dang old sushi sandwiches after we're done right? recording. I might just do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, we, we had a blast. Um, also, uh, you know, just been, uh, chilling, watching some movies. Uh, in fact, we had a good time watching some cartoons. I'm excited to talk about it. You tuning. Yeah. Cause, uh, we watched. Randy, you we tuning watched- son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sling blade. Yeah. Uh, we watched, uh, Little Mermaid and Aladdin. You don't say some Disney fucking classics, huh? Yeah. Emily had gotten a, a wild hair to watch them last week. And I was like walking through. I think I was uh, prepping for the podcast or something. But I was walking through and I was like, oh, fuck, cool. Uh, I hadn't seen those in a while. But didn't didn't get to watch them. And then, <laughs> I don't know what, uh, that wild hair hit again. And she was just like, I'm going to turn on Little Mermaid. And... We were very excited to watch it because honestly, Little Mermaid still fucks. Still that a masher. Still rad. Yeah. <laughs> Out of context, Little Mermaid fucks. It's gonna get some uh, varied responses. Just saying. Okay. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, not the yeah. Little Mermaid herself. Right. Uh, I mean, she does get married in the movie, so I wasn't the first one to imply she was gonna fuck. That's true. Disney did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there is still that element to it where it's like, that's, you know, what it is. They're cartoons. Uh, and then we watched Aladdin, which um, Disney starts Aladdin with the same sort of warning they put on like Dumbo and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the, you know, uh, the sort of acknowledgement that it is not the best portrayal of the culture. And. I appreciate that's that they're doing that, by the way. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't do think too. That that's like woke nonsense or anything no, like no, that. No, no, no. I think that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I obviously it like it doesn't fix the problem, but it, it is an acknowledgement on a movie that is uh, far less um, racist than, say, Dumbo or something, but certainly has problematic presentations in it. So 
Uh, I thought that was cool that they they include that for a movie that is pretty recent, honestly. And I wonder, I I don't want to watch Pocahontas because I just don't like that movie. But I wonder if they put it in there, too, because they probably should. Surely, yeah. Surely they did, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those are so Uh, fun to watch, man. I saw like a, a meme floating around recently that was like old school Disney movies you know, the bad guy was like a, a, a witch or a warlock or something. Right. The ones that we grew up with, it was always somebody that seemed innocent, then they turn out to be the bad guy. Right. And then, like, modern Disney movies, it's like, oh, it's like uh, familial trauma, mostly, is the right. bad guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, the, the bad guy is how hard it is to grow up. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have a problem with that, but it definitely, that is a fun evolution that they've gone through. I like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Aladdin, Robin Williams fucking kills it. He just man. kills it, man. I know. He's so good. Yep. Um, also, uh, watched season two of Tales from the Crypt. Oh yeah? How's that? Man, Tales from the Crypt is so good. I, it sucks that it's hard to get a hold of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish it was just widely available on the HBO Max or whatever, but it's just not. Uh, it is so good. I mean, it, it, you could choose any... Tales from the Crypt episode at random, and like two or three times in the episode, you're gonna go, "Oh, it's that person! Oh, it's that person!" Like it yeah. just—they had so many fucking great actors come through that series, and then also like you know, they had great uh, writers and directors work on it. It, it, I mean, it's kind of the perfect format for horror, I, I think, uh, at least you know, short form horror, just a like thirty minute episode. That gives us, uh, I don't know, every, every episode of Tales from the Crypt is pretty grim. You kind of know it's going to end bad for everybody, but it's also fun to watch that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tight. Um, I need to watch that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then also on Friday, uh, Screaming Chat, we watched Over the Top, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> That's the arm razzling movie, right? Yes, it is, and it <laughs> Tapping is... Tapping into the rarely seen genre of arm razzle core. Yeah, it is as bad good as I remember from watching it as a kid. I remember watching it as a kid all the time and just being, like, in awe of the spectacle, and now as an adult watching it and being further in awe <laughs> the of how... Yeah, just how you can make a movie about a truck driver who um, somehow gets in uh, a, a weightlifter's workout every single day uh, <laughs> and also is an arm wrestling champion who uh, accidentally kidnaps his own son from from military <laughs> school and then goes for goes to an arm wrestling tournament where the prize is something that really only he would want a truck. Seriously, that's like what the right. winner gets. Yeah, the winner gets a truck. Uh, gets a truck. So that's that, a, that that's a demo. that's not gonna. I mean, that, that that's a certain demographic <laughs> that that prize is not gonna appeal to everybody, right? It's very right. specific. It's it's not like a trucker's arm wrestling tournament. It's just an arm <laughs> wrestling tournament. Congratulations! I got you a job. <laughs> Sick. Thanks. And I guess halfway through the movie goes from just regular like father-son road trip movie to documentary style sports event what? and it, it's just such a huge shift it entirely like changes the tone of the movie 
And it's great for that because then it introduces us to a guy who drinks motor oil and eats a cigar. So okay, dude. So I was gonna say, like, <laughs> what streaming service is it on right now? Uh, it's on. It, you can watch it YouTube free with ads, or if you have okay. YouTube Premium, it's free. I think I just need to watch this again because the more you're telling me about this, the more I realize I don't think I ever watched this entire movie. I think it oh, was just man. like on TBS on like a yeah. hot Saturday afternoon uh-huh. one summer and I watched some of it and I just remember uh-huh. being like, oh damn, that guy just got his arm broken. Did that guy just drink motor oil? <laughs> just chugging a quart of motor oil to and, do what? Then he do it like, before s- he starts arm wrestling? Like I don't think that's going to enhance does, your performance. Yeah. <laughs> don't know like what he's trying to prove there like I, i'm well lubricated on the inside i don't know <laughs> like minimal you're gonna have like crippling nausea that's gonna be very distracting for right? allowing you to arm wrestle help. at maximum power right <laughs> and then long term whoo that i don't think the pinnacle of a movie has ever been more clearly the protagonist coming than this because it is a man just grunting and grunting and grunting until the music crescendos as he wins and everyone applauds. It's just like, like it, it is the biggest ejaculation moment ever in a movie. I think. Do you think you could just take the audio from that and combine it with like the sounds of like some like some slapping, accelerating yes. and stuff, and it still makes sense? Yeah, absolutely, probably. Somebody do that for us. That'd be great. Yeah, and then on Sunday, just to keep the Stallone up, uh, we watched Demolition Man. Fuck yeah! I mean, that's uh, normally we watch bad movies, but I just wanted to watch a movie that I think is is fun. It is not good, I don't think, but it is. Yeah, it's not good. It's the best. Right. (laughs) I would never describe something that's the best as being good. I would say it's better than everything. You know, Uh, Wesley Snipes is definitely. Uh, going wild in it. He he definitely goes for it as as a villain. Fuck he yeah! Is just chewing off the scenery. his nut, chewing every bit of the scenery. Chawing that blonde it. hair, oh like what? <laughs> so good, it's man. Great. Old yeah. Sandy B up in there too, huh? America's oh, sweetheart what? with a character that makes zero sense, like in the <laughs> world itself. What like, do you mean? Nobody else talks like her. Nobody else like everybody else is different than her. I guess uh, so. Yeah, now that you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, it's. I mean, he, the problem with Demolition Man is it is like it is a '90s libertarians uh, dystopian idea. Like they think <laughs> this would be the worst world. This is where we're all heading. This is what the liberals want. Yeah, they yeah. want you to not be able to cuss. To not be able to have sex, and they want Taco Bell to be the only restaurant. <laughs> like what? What libertarian cocaine were you snorting that made you come to those three conclusions? I like that you preface that with saying the problem with it, meaning the only problem. <laughs> the only, yeah. Everything else is perfect. Perfect, <laughs> except for that one thing. It drags it I down. Think it, I think it, it. It's surprisingly like. Uh, despite the fact that it's probably the most inaccurate dystopian I've ever seen, it did have some moments where I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of like, it, it. that's kind of relevant. Maybe not the right view of it. It definitely seems to be, because it's like that anti, anti-PC thing of the 90s that warped into 
anti-wokeness now yeah uh, same and shit. it's the same same thing it didn't change at all um but there's yeah there's definitely this idea that you're gonna get canceled for what you say in demolition man but they didn't have the word canceled yet right to like yeah, apply yeah. to it so uh, i think it's probably still a relevant movie with not a lot to say but definitely fun i mean dude and and goofy did you see where recently somebody found Okay, like that that thing at the start of the movie where he's like encased in the ice or whatever he's in. Oh, and it's like yes. a body cast uh-huh. of Stallone. Somebody right. found the actual uh-huh. body cast they used. Have you fucking seen it? Yes, it is frightening. It is <laughs> it's total nightmare fuel. It looks like yeah. something that like AI spit out. It looks like a Dolly <laughs> Mini like rendering. Right. <laughs> it's For fucking sure. crazy. Look that shit yeah. up. It's hilarious. It is. I, and this actually had, like, it was weird. I didn't know this, uh, but I was reading up on Demolition Man because I was just like, well, how did this movie, like, come to be? Uh, but I, I found out that Dennis Rodman actually started dyeing his hair because of Wesley Snipes' character in Demolition Man. No. Yeah. And we did uh, that the double impact or whatever a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah, you did. Where he's right. blonde. Yeah. Damn, you're just so, accidentally putting all the pieces together here. Yeah, a little bit of a link there in action movie history. That's amazing, dude. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> double team, not double impact. I don't remember the name of the movie. It was Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman, but goddamn it, it had double in it. Yeah, I was going to say, I it's think. the one with Dennis Rodman. You know damn well what movie you're right. talking <laughs> the about. The only man. one with Dennis Rodman. I understood that you watched yourself a new Jordan Peele joint this week, did yep. you? Yep, this is the big one. Uh, that that I saw this week, and I think, um, fucking, don't even know what to say. I don't want to. Uh, it, it just came out for rental, so a lot of people are just getting to it. But sure, yeah. Nope is so fucking good. It's good, it is right? Such a good movie. Yes. While I was watching it there a couple weeks ago, uh, before Kate and I did our like mini episode on right. it, I was like, Dude, uh-huh. I, I think Steve's gonna really fucking like yeah. this movie. You were you were correct, sir, and I need to listen to that the rest of that mini episode now, but. Uh, I yeah I I was digging it from the moment it started. Uh, it he I for me Jordan Peele is three for three. I understand a lot of people don't get down for us as much, but uh, I I think he just is tapped into so many of the exact same references and horror movie tropes and stuff that I like. Yeah, uh, totally. Like anytime I hear him talk about uh horror movies it's always you know stuff about like carpenter and whatnot and it's like yeah no these i love all the same things so like the way he does stuff is to me it's always just like yes that's perfect yeah Um, he's totally speaking our language as like carpenter fans and Mm -hmm. yeah i think that he has a lot of the same you know likes and dislikes of horror that that we do like i don't think he's Mm -hmm. done anything yet where I've been like, oh, God, they're doing this thing. Like, you know, whatever, like a, a fucking yeah. creepy kid or a talking doll or something stupid. Like, he's not done right. any of the stuff that I find to be really overplayed and stupid in horror. Right. Uh, he stayed away from, man. I, I think that Nope is, is pretty fucking cool. Like, to me, it's, yeah. I think it's his second best movie, personally. Yeah, I would I would say that's exactly right. I think uh, Daniel Kaluuya playing basically a cowboy, like, like he is very much, d- like, channeling the western protagonist throughout is so yeah. good especially in contrast to kiki palmer who is so fucking awesome yeah like, she's I, great. I yeah and then steven young everybody is fucking killing it in the movie i i really enjoy it i don't want to again don't want to say anything because i went into it with absolutely no knowledge of anything about it 
Cool. Like, nothing. Uh, the only thing I had seen is like I like briefly saw somebody tweet something about the like inflatable tube men, and I was like, oh fuck, I I know something about the movie, but then it turns out that's not like anything major so sure <laughs> yeah I, um, I really liked it. I, I look forward to doing that one on the show sometime and really trying too. to bust it open yeah. some you know yeah because there's a lot there so definitely nope so awesome yeah dude loved it man great yes yeah, so you got to watch some good shit this week yes i did yes i did what about you dude i've not had time to watch a whole much of a nothing honestly because the reason that we uh recorded early last week is because i was uh, attending and also uh, a part of teaching and playing and jamming and all that stuff at the uh, the Woodshed Guitar Experience Guitar Camp out in Crossville, Tennessee, yeah. put together by my buddy Andy Wood. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the third year running, and this is the first year that I've gotten to be there for like the entire weekend. Uh, the oh, first okay. year that they did it was 2020. I just dropped in and out to play the show. Uh, that's when I was still... Uh, very much needed to try to take care of our, our buddy Brandon, who needed you know ride right. can- cancer treatments and stuff, and yeah. so I, I really could not risk being exposed to to getting COVID. I, I would have killed Brandon yeah. if I had COVID. So I yeah. had to be really picky and choosy with you know my exposure uh, during that time period. So I did like one night in 2020, then quarantined for two weeks and uh, didn't see Brandon or anything. So I did that, and then 2021 was. That one night, I went up to do a show, and it was during our meetup, the first uh, annual oh, Dead and Lovely meetup. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which uh, the anniversary of which was just uh, recently. Wow. And it yeah. definitely made me one happy to be like, I'm glad we didn't do the meetup today because it's been hot Ooh. as fuck or raining like fuck yeah. here. <laughs> Moving it to November may have been the one thing that will save us all. <laughs> yeah. And that's coming so up. Don't forget. Recently. Yeah. Hit, hit us up for any details that you need. We got our meetup and stuff coming up again in November. Yeah. What's the date again? Yeah. November 4th uh, will be the, the, the you know main meetup. We're going to meet up at Merchants of Beer like we did last year and then do some bar crawling. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you're coming in from out of town, uh, just let me know. We will be meeting up on Thursday night for drinks and then maybe, uh, Friday morning we'll be going right now, planning to go to the Smoky Mountains, uh, and just take in the grandeur Woo. of, uh, Smoky Mountains in November. But, uh, you know, uh, Friday night is the main thing. We're going to be drinking. It's going to be fun. We going to be drinking. That's for sure, man. So yeah, definitely hit us up if you need details on that. It should still be... Uh, warm enough in Tennessee where we can maybe yeah, stay it won't outside be and stuff. No, so it'll be a good time. So yeah, this is the first time I've gotten to actually be there all weekend and take the entire thing in from Thursday to uh, to Sunday. Yeah. So I got to see a ton of fans, got to see a ton of friends, got to see a ton of uh, guitar players that I just fucking love. And like I said, I was there teaching and stuff, but also there attending classes by guitar players that I love and admire, like Nick Johnston, Tom Quayle, Mark Letary, Greg Cock. Uh, Brent Mason, Guthrie Trap, like man, the the list was huge this year. There was so much talent wow. on stage. Tosin Abasi from Animals Leaders was there. Always great to see him. He's a great fucking hang. Uh, we had ourselves a, a dang old good time, man. It was a good time to go. That's and awesome. Pick a few, and also just like find myself really creatively recharged. I think getting to see you know so many of my favorite artists play their sets and everything, it made me go, God damn, like. Where's my music in all this? You know, it really, right. I've been talking about this here lately where I've been like, God damn it, where is my music? You know? And um, I think it kind of served as good fuel for that where I'm like, I, I got to go home and start fucking documenting these ideas I've had in my head for a hundred years. So 
uh, good fuel for the fire, so to speak. Awesome, so, man. Had myself a good time, but got back from that, and basically the only things that we've watched since then, we watched those first two episodes of that dang old Game of Throne, House of the Dogron. House of the Dogron. Uh-huh. Uh, em, em and I sat down to watch the first episode, and I, I fell asleep, not because of uh, the show, just I was tired. Word. Uh, so I definitely have to watch it because I I've heard good things. Dude, what do you think? You know, I was like you know ninety nine percent of us pretty burnt by that last season of Game of Thrones, right. and even mm-hmm. the couple of seasons before that, I thought just had so much filler right. and boring shit in them. So I was going into this definitely skeptical. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna open my heart to you again, Throne. <laughs> Two episodes in, I'm not mad. Like it feels like Game of Thrones. Cool. It looks like Game of Thrones. Um, obviously, it's you know like a prequel. It's set way in the past and all this, uh, but centers around the Targaryen family and all their their dang old dogrons that they have. Okay, dagrons. And uh-huh. I don't know. So far, I'm I'm interested. The characters are cool. Still kind of growing and developing and all that. But I'm I'm not mad at it. It's at least better than any Game of Thrones we've seen for years. So look at it that way. <laughs> okay. All right. You've convinced me. <laughs> I hope the thing that it finally answers that, because like one of the first shots that we saw on the show is like of this, you know, uh, somebody riding a dragon and the dragon's like, you know, flying over a city and stuff. All mm-hmm. I could think about was like, man, do you think that dragon ever just like dumps a big shit on one of those roofs? <laughs> you know? Are we finally going to get to to see that happen on Game of Thrones? Because I don't think this has been addressed. Yeah, just a big old shit just yeah. dropped right right in the middle of the street. You know, because I assume yeah. you know dragons are dinosaur like. Of course, dinosaurs further evolved into birds. Birds got that, right. that dang old cloaca. They just be shooting everything yeah. out of indiscriminately. <laughs> Maybe that happens, you know? Maybe it's just like, oh, why are you late to, to, to work uh, tending the soils? And it's like, well, I got buried under 150 pounds of dragon shit on the way. It happens, you know? A dragon just dropped a gigantic fucking pile of shit on us, so... I mean, like, is that enough to like, cave in out. your fucking thatched roof cottage? Is that big enough to cave in a house? Probably is. I think so, yeah. What if it has magical properties, though? So, like, when people see it coming, they start cheering. They're like, oh, the dragon shit's coming. The dragon shit's coming. <laughs> you want it to hit you real hard. That's the best. <laughs> I bet that's just what the elite tell the poor people, right? Right, yeah. Run out oh, into the dragon shit. It, it cures stuff or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe we'll get to see that that mystery finally get solved on the thrones, but I'm enjoying it so far, man. It's it's definitely been a, a breath of fresh air from what we have been experiencing from the thrones universe. And uh, I think the only other thing that we watched is a documentary called Everything is Copy, which is okay. a... A biography documentary about Nora Ephron, which was fucking fascinating, man. She was a really interesting character, and the documentary was put together extremely well, man. Had a lot of people that she worked with, had a lot of information about the movies and her background. Uh, Incredibly incredibly intelligent. You know what? It had a dang old Meg Ryan just fucking coming like Christmas in a diner. (laughs) I'll have what she's having. Coming like Christmas. Yeah, that means once a yeah. year. Once a year is what oh, that means. Oh, okay. Well, sad. Yeah, no. yeah, that is sad, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I hope nobody out there is coming like Christmas. Yeah, right? 
but definitely recommend if you if you want to learn more about her and stuff. It was a, a very well done documentary. I knew really nothing about her. Um, yeah, I, I, I really it. don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know much of anything about her either. So yeah, yeah it's interesting. Cool. Well, hopefully we'll get some good watches and stuff going on here later on this week. I know I definitely want to watch me some more movies What have a Bruce Lee in them and some more movies What have a dragon in them because I'll tell you what, I feel kind of ripped off. I feel kind of ripped off, you know? The dragon never entered, right? No, and no one ever entered the dragon. I saw no dragon at all, (laughs) but I'll tell you what, it did get us both thinking about something that we need to talk about as we enter the preview palace. Welcome. To the preview palace. What are the most enterable dragons? <laughs> Which dragon do you look at and go, I'd like to enter that dragon? Would enter. You know? Would enter. Yeah. And there's also some dragons out there that you take a look at and you're like, mm, would not enter. No, 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 no. And then some you look at and you're like, enter me, dragon. Could be. You know what? Right? Enter me, dragon. What if that was a movie? Enter me, dragon. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the that's the porn parody of Enter the Dragon. Enter me, dragon. <laughs> so what we've kind of done here is we've turned you know a statement, Enter the Dragon, into a question. Enter the dragon. <laughs> Enter the dragon. Let's talk about a couple here and see if this we is, how we feel about not that. One. The dumbest thing we've done, honestly. I don't so. think so. No, no. I mean, it is pretty stupid considering. We're not talking about a dragon movie. It's really just taking no. one word from the <laughs> no. name of the movie, and we're like, I don't know, spin it. Make it fuckable, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Make right? It fuckable. Right. Yes. This is what you people pay zero dollars for, okay? Right. Or some of you pay for one. Yeah, whatever, you know. You don't have to, but you do, so thanks. It's you know? nice of you. You want this. What about, let's say, a smog from a Lord of oh, a Ring universe? Smog. What do you think about that dragon, huh? Um, I mean, he's he's a, he's a Benedictine Cumberbitch, right? Like... Oh, he is. Old Bandersnatch, right. whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Greedy. Yeah, I, He's got the gold. I think, you know, with the voice of Benadryl Cumberbund, you you got some sexiness there, right? Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. guy is all about the hustle, right? This guy's on he his is. grind all the time. And he all he cares sure. about is his gold, like, and his riddles, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a big riddle guy, I bet. I personally uh, am getting big sugar daddy energy off of Smog. Okay. Okay. Where you just like pretend like you care about like, where he gets the gold. Yeah. I mean, dragons are cool. <laughs> I do love the voice. Right. And yeah. I mean, obviously, it's like I get tons of riches attached to it. Maybe we sign a prenup and he, he dies and then I get the yep. code. I might not be bad. Yeah, it might not be bad at all, honestly. I mean, d- as long as he lets you leave his little lair, you know, like, is he going to be one of those that's like, no, y- you know, you're you're, my, you're mine, you have to stay here and make me, you know, g- like burnt goat or whatever he eats. <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> it is they want. I, I, I got to assume everything that a dragon eats is just burnt, right? Like It's got to be. Yeah. It's all Pittsburghed. <laughs> it's just like ultra seared on the outside and raw in the middle. Yeah, I like that. Okay, <laughs> could be that. Yeah. So you're saying it's like maybe you do get all the gold, but you never get out to spend it or anything. What's the point? Right. Is it? Yeah. And it seems like yeah, it seems like he'd be the type that wouldn't like you know give you things. He he you know just be a dickhead. So nah, I'm. You know what? I don't want to enter smog. 
Okay. All right, man. Well, maybe you're more into a dragon what seems DTF, you know? Okay. There's a All few right. out there. Not a lot of them. I mean, a lot of them are, you know, maybe the DTF is down to fire and meaning they'll burn stuff. <laughs> or down to fly. Could be. But, yeah. They do that as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, that lady dragon in Shrek is definitely DTF. Oh, yeah. Oh, She's like a donkey, gosh. even. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. So, you know, you know, like, she she's interested beyond the the boundaries of, of just other dragons. So, she might be into a human. Could um, be, yeah. And, and, yeah, like, I mean, listen, don- I mean, Donkey and I aren't that different. Uh, mm. We're both goofy. Uh, both voiced by Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, y'all didn't know that. This I am being voiced by Eddie Murphy right now. <laughs> Impressive. And he's doing a genius job at it because you didn't know. No, the whole time. Never knew. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, and yeah, that, as you said, that dragon seems sweet. Seems like, uh, you know, if, if you're her man, she like protects you because that's Definitely. what she does for donkey. So, I'm, I mean, I'm down. I, okay, I don't even know her name. It. I'm down. Yeah, you know what? I actually don't know her name either. I feel like I should. Hmm. Okay, so here's the only thing. I agree on all points. I also have a little bit of a of a fear of inadequacy here because if she's used to some 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 donkey dick, I'm not packing that. Yeah, that is gonna be an issue. That is gonna be an issue. But I mean, you know, uh, listen, um, we don't we don't know because like maybe they don't even necessarily get off on the cloaca uh penetration you see what i'm saying like you gotta learn to eat some dragon pussy okay so maybe it's like that huh yeah and that's probably you know what knowing donkey being as goofy as he is that guy probably he probably goes to town on some pussy probably so probably so (laughs) they definitely do something because like later on don't they have some kind of weird fucked up like dragon donkey hybrid babies? Yes, they do. They like, have they dragon donkey hybrids. So yes, definitely. There was some insemination at some point, and something it worked happened. out somehow. <laughs> yeah, something worked there. Okay, so that's a pretty interable dragon. Okay, what do you know about maybe we 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 change gears here and go to a dragon that's fucking badass? I'm talking okay. about like a dragon that's made by. Uh, drawing two S's on a piece of paper and then some muscly arms. Uh, and consummate V's as well, yeah. Exactly right, man. A dragon's so badass, he has his own song called Trogdor, the Burninator. Burninating the countryside. Burninating the peasants. And the Fetch Drift Cottages. <laughs> Dude, Trogdor, home star runner. What do you know about that? Uh, I listen. Uh, Homestar Runner still great. I see Homestar stuff pop up on my YouTube every once in a while, and me too. Go back and watch it, and I'm like, "Fuck, still funny." Yep. Um, Trogdor also has a big, beefy arm, right? He does, yeah, beefy, very <laughs> singular, beefy arm. One, yeah, just the singular, beefy arm. And I, I'm thinking, like, you know, you look at the way he's proportioned; it's like almost all beefy arm. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, man. Pretty hot. Pretty hot. Here's all that I'm saying. I mean, we were just having these anatomical questions about Lady Dragon from Shrek. I can tell you this for sure. At the end of that big beefy arm, there's at least a hand. Okay. Okay. So yeah, good point. So there's you can something hold to work with there. Uh huh. Yeah. As long as he doesn't burn an at you, that's a problem. Right now, that's going to be a problem. Is he seems aggressive. He does seem and very he, aggressive. You know, like, can he 
I mean, his his anti-peasant uh, aura is really fucking with me, too. Like, what do peasants do? Mm, is it yeah, because they're in thatched roofs? Like, he sees the thatched roof cottage, and he's like, oh, that'll burninate real good. Yeah, so that's like really he doubling down really... on uh, 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 wealth inequality, for sure. He seems to be pretty right. insensitive about that. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe you know, maybe he's only enterable. He's not boyfriend material. Wow. Yeah, you might be. Yeah. You might be right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned uh, a Benedict Cumberbatch having a sexy dragon voice, right? Uh huh. But there is one that came before him who is greater, because there was once upon a time in a movie called Dragonheart, a dragon <laughs> that was voiced by Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! There once was. Silky. I used to like that movie. It's been so fucking long since I watched it. I bet the CG is goddamn dog shit. But I remember back in the day. It's gotta be, right? It's so realistic, but surely Mm -hmm. it's not, right? Yeah, I can't imagine that it is. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen it in a really long time either. But I do remember that this dragon isn't uh, the same as as, uh, our Benedict Cumberbatch dragon. And that he he just seems to be like like a nice guy, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's he's he's not he's not hoarding a whole bunch of gold all over the place. He's dragon heart. Mm-hmm. He's dragon heart. He's out there cool. just having a heart. I mean, you know, it's dragon heart. All right, there's something in there <laughs> outside of that cold, uh, scaly yeah. exterior, right? Yeah. And now, and listen, uh, he's got an accent. You know, <sighs> sexy, long sexy Scottish accent goes a long way. So I, I, I'm going to enter that dragon heart. I'm going to let that dragon heart into my heart. Oh, my God, man. And, you know, honestly, <laughs> the biggest problem is he is all CGI. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's going to be an issue because the there's nothing to be inside of. No. Mm-mm. Damn it. Damn I'm it. like, let's say, for example, a Falcor, a real <laughs> physical object luck dragon. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know why. I just don't. I listen. We're talking about fucking dragons. The moment you give me a dog-like dragon, I'm like, no, it's a dog. I'm not gonna. It's fuck a big a dog. dog. No, I'm not gonna do that. No. <laughs> I, I will say no, no. Uh-uh. That just seems why like too cool? far. Why am I cool with fucking a, a, a lizardy reptile thing, and not a dog? But okay, it's just weird, no. man. You know, I'd be friends with Falcor to the end, man, for sure. Yeah, I try to like, you know what? I'd wingman him with other dragon, oh yeah, dog yeah. things that he wants to hook uh-huh. up with, man. I'd be like, yo, yeah. have you met Falcor? Y'all get he's along. my boy. He's real cool. <laughs> yeah, he's good boy. I would definitely try to line that up. I would be his right. buddy and try to find him some some dragon strange that he might enjoy. <laughs> you know, dragon strange. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That sounds uh, that sounds like a, a good friendship. Just no entering. You know, no. I think, that, I think that's better. I think it's better that yeah, way. Me too. Also, it just kind of hit me. Do you think there's a gynecologist out there named Doctor Strange? Because that's fucking hilarious. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Right? <laughs> when he's looking for new patients, he calls it getting some strange. Yeah, get some strange. Yeah. Surely oh, it guys, exists. Guys, we need some, you know, we got to get some strange. We're just not filling our appointments. 
dude, suddenly, like, as this as this episode debuts, there's going to be, like, a huge spike on Google of, like, people searching for Doctor Strange OBGYN. Somebody <laughs> at Google is going to be like, what the fuck are people looking for? Why? He's a mystic with that pussy. <laughs> the name's Doctor Strange. I'll do magic with that pussy. That's his whole slogan. Or her whole slogan. Okay, we're not sexist. Yeah, you know what? Hey, mustn't be sexist. No. It's got to happen. It's got to exist. Got to happen. Yep. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this: What do you know about maybe trying to find a dragon who lures you in, maybe with some insipid pop music? What do you know <laughs> okay. about Imagine Dragons? Would you enter uh, them? <laughs> uh, that's a that's a hardy no. It's a hard um, no. Hard pass. Yeah. Isn't their main their main dude? Isn't he like super religious or something? I do not know that. Also, I know that I would not recognize any of them if they walked into this room right now and said, enter us. I would not know who they were. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah. So it would be like, well, like, who are you? And then they're like, imagine dragons. And I'm like, okay. And I imagine some dragons. And I'm like, wait, who are you guys, though? Yeah, but who are you all? Yeah. I was imagining entering dragons. don't tell me what to think about. Don't tell me how to live my life. Get away from me, jerk. Also, I'm not really into guys, I would say. Yeah, dragons, sure. Guys, cool. come on. Yeah, you know exactly. I see other people are interested. Yeah, I mean, we fucking drew the line at uh, dragon dogs, you know? <laughs> yeah, now you're just some guy. Yeah. No, not enough for me, I say. Not magical. I don't think I know any of your songs, but I, I probably would not like them. Now, okay, but just what if they hit you with this line? Imagine me dragging these nuts across your face. Okay, so that is fucking funny. Imagine yeah, now dragging we're, now we're friends. these nuts across your face. I'd be like, you know what? You're good. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. I'm mad I didn't think. Okay, now hang on. No, 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 no hang on. I just said you're, that was funny. Like, that's, that's oh. different. Oh, okay. Well, listen, I, I'm easy. <laughs> Work our way up to that. <laughs> okay, I got just a couple more here. Let's hear it. Now, what do you know about one great and mighty becoming? Someone who is changing the Jacobis and uh, mm. murdering families in hopes of becoming the ultimate red dragon. Oh, God. The red dragon oh. from the movie of the same name, played by Ralph Fiennes. I hope you're listening yeah. and you're mad, Ralph yeah, old Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, uh, well, I mean he's a he's a handsome fella. He's also uh, a killer, so that's going to be an issue. I think. Feel a like a bit of a problem. Yeah, yeah. I feel like getting close to him is probably going to end up in my my murder. That's However, I mean, he's got a cool tattoo. So he's got a cool tattoo. That. He works out, <laughs> and I'll put this out there too. He has that dental implant he puts in and out, so mm, smooth gums, yeah. no teeth going to be roughing you up. That's ooh, that's good, ooh, I guess, boy. right? That is, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> I and hadn't considered now, getting a blowjob from Ray Finds his Red Dragon. Said most people, to be honest. Said most people, but <laughs> yeah, now that people. I'm thinking about it, it's like, eh, I don't know, maybe I'd enter that dragon. <laughs> maybe you I'd enter me. that dragon face first. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just down for an old smoothie from the Red Dragon, I guess. How did we end up here? I Why just, is this our show? 
five years in and this is um, this is where we are yeah and it's great it's great it's amazing i'm not i'm not complaining i'm just wondering who these people are that listen to us. <laughs> you know what that's that's a really excellent question okay last one here man what you know about a marvel dragon Mm, okay. A Mar- Marvel comic book universe, Dagron. Right. They got, they got a couple floating around in there. Yeah, but they got the a coolest cool one. He's got a real silly name. What that name is? Fin Fang Foom. Fin Fang Foom. Whoa. The he dragon wears pants. that wears drawers. Yeah, he's got a little bitty underwear on, which means that he's like aware he's naked. Um, he's at least got and a has like a, an issue with it. <laughs> like he doesn't want everybody looking at his dragon dong. I guess so, <laughs> or his dragon butthole everywhere he goes. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's, maybe it's not the dong he's trying to cover up. It's the butthole. He's like, I just don't like people staring at my butthole. That's where turds come from. I don't want. I don't want people seeing it. <laughs> don't want nobody seeing that thing. Could yeah. be, man. But you're right. He is packing something in there. I guess he's definitely. And 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 he's got a just gigantic mouth. This guy, go look up Fin Whoa. Fang Foom. He does like a I'm, crocodile. Yeah. So, no man, he's a bad guy he's, though, he's, man. Isn't he? Is he he's a bad, bad guy? guy. He's a bad guy. It's true. So maybe fin you're fang into fang those foom. bad boys, huh? Ooh, he's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. You know what? He he he's uh, he's had a go around with the Fantastic Four, and I've always found the Fantastic Four kind of boring. So same. I'm just gonna take his side and say I'm gonna enter Fin Fang Foom. You know what? You might have just sold me on that. You know, <laughs> he beat Fuck up the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Yeah, yeah. I'll take one of you over four of them. I say, you know. Yeah, that's a. Want, you know what? Honestly, want to drop out yeah. them trunks? Show me that dragon dong, huh? <laughs> Lose the trunks. Maybe he has to wear them because when he's standing up, it like his dick is still on the ground. Like, oh it's wow, dragon. He he's dragon dragon. Dude, that could be a problem. <laughs> You might be right. You might be Maybe right, so. man. Maybe so. Who knows? Well, that was certainly something. That, and, that uh, was a conversation <laughs> we had, for that, sure. You know what? And it's been documented uh, <laughs> right? for and everybody now to anybody hear. Anybody can hear it. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. <laughs> Somebody can dig that up one day and be like, we know you're running what for the- president, but what was that about? Uh, listen, I feel like at any point, if I were to run for president, I would proudly place the uh which dragon would you enter or enter the dragon question mark mm, uh, yeah. I, that'd be my my first thing i would like give as a speech i'd just have it printed out as a transcript and i'd just be <clears throat> and then start wow. i get i guarantee i'd get elected the next day they they'd hold election day sooner just to elect me I think that sounds pretty fucking awesome i think you could run <laughs> it as like i am known as a man of standards for example, on episode, <laughs> was this fucking 200 million thousand of mm-hmm. Dead and Lovely? I drew the line at fucking a dog-dragon hybrid. Everyone now, starts cheering. Yeah! Woo! My opponent, on the other hand, has never made his standards about this issue clear. Maybe he is one of those dog-dragon fuckers. So would you fuck Falcor? <laughs> yeah, would you fuck Falcor? It's like a debate question, city hall debate. You know? And it just crushes. The guy is like, I would, yeah. I have... I would. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Boo. You Falcor fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Old Falcor fucker, they call him. He comes to right. be known as. Oh, my God, man. 
Oh, so yeah, so that was something. <laughs> and you know what? Kev Bickerdyke, who submitted this one into the Patreon lottery. Right. Hey, you're welcome. You're That's welcome, you, Kev. That's for you. It's for you. Special for you. Now, how did he get that into that Patreon smoking bowl while we're on that Uh, He headed on over to patreon.com forward slash dead lovely, and he became a $5 patron. He did. If you want to throw a movie into the smoking bowl, you can do the exact same. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Become a $5 patron. Once a month, I post for submissions, and then I throw them submissions into the bowl, and I draw out of that bowl. And then uh, we cover the movie like we're doing right now with Enter the Dragon. A movie yes, we indeed. hadn't considered doing for Action August, but fuck, it's perfect for it. Dude, no kidding. And that's the cool thing about these smoke and bowl entries is like it's oftentimes these like movies that somehow we've never thought of or at times never heard of. And right. we're so, you know, pleasantly surprised by them. So yeah, head over and show some support for the show and get your movie picked for next month's episode. Uh, yeah. But today's episode is going to be one, Inter the Dogron, which was yeah. submitted by Okev oh, Bickerdike. What name? Oh, our dead in lobster friend, Kev. From I, had promised the you pond. Would, I had promised you would do the entire episode in your Cockney accent. But oh, the entire one? Yeah, we'll just go back and start at the beginning. I'll, yeah, I'll do it in post. Welcome so I have this idea for... Oh, I've got this idea for some slutty restaurants, haven't I? <laughs> just start over. Fuck it. Yeah. I, um, I'm yeah, so man. glad that this was put into the bowl. Because, yes. again, as I said, this wasn't one I had considered. I did see this as a kid. Um, but, you know, when we were kids, uh, 80s, 90s era... There were a ton of new martial arts movies that we were watching. So I was, you know, seeing JCVD, uh, Steven Seagal, uh, you know, uh, Jackie Chan, etc. Um, and wasn't really like watching a ton of Bruce Lee movies all the time. But I remember seeing Enter the Dragon on TV and being like, oh, that was really cool. That's why they do this and this and this and these other movies. Um, but it, it's I, I have not gone back to Bruce Lee movies and now I want to watch more. So, uh, yeah, dude. So yeah. I had never watched this movie. Like, you know, whenever you told me this is a movie that we were going to be doing, I was like, oh, yeah, sick. And then I got thinking about it. And I was like, have I ever watched this? Like, I know it's, right. of course, iconic and super important. And it's the one where he's got the, you know, the slashes across his skin. Right. Mm-hmm. But as and soon as you started watching scene, it, yeah. I was like, yeah, I've never seen this. Like, I only right. have seen it through the lens of, of pop culture and all the things that it has influenced and yeah. uh dude i was so stoked to watch this movie and it it did not disappoint like i i have no. no nostalgia for it this is the first time i ever sat down and watched it i watched it again like half of it last night half of it today mm-hmm. and uh you know it was kind of up to to rent or buy on amazon and i'm so glad that i bought it because i will totally be rewatching this thing when uh yeah over and over and again man i i thought that right. it was fucking awesome man and it's insane to learn that you know, he did this movie and then died shortly after. I had no yeah. idea about that. Yeah, this was this would have been the beginning of his his you know superstardom, action superstardom. He had hell yeah made several movies before this that were obviously successful that had gotten him to this point. But this was the big movie. This this movie. Um, at the time of its first release, uh, it's a we're talking about eight hundred and ninety thousand dollar budget. It made a hundred million dollars just on Jeez. initial release, 
and over time has made four hundred million dollars in the box office, Holy which shit. translates to uh, two billion dollars in today's <laughs> money. So it's pretty big. It's pretty that big. That is bonkers, dude. When you're it's talking outrageous. about that kind of growth yeah. from you know millions with an M to billions with a B. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That is a On lot a of money. That costs less than a million dollars to make. Like And doesn't look like it. It does not show no, that there were great. any corners cut whatsoever. But right. I was doing like a little bit of reading on this and I guess apparently they shot it with just bullshit. Like they had nothing. Um I read yeah. a thing that said that like whenever the camera guys got over there, they found a lot of the camera equipment was in disrepair or badly outdated, mm-hmm. and they did this entire movie on... It was like two cameras and three different lenses. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. What in the fuck? That, yeah, just smart choices with, with your limited uh, tools there, because they, they, you know... I guess they knew because they only have that limited equipment that there's, you know, a, they can't pull off a lot of bigger shots and things like that. So they just kept a lot of tight shots, even even with filming the the action, like the actual like martial arts of the the film. So many times it's a it's a medium shot or a close shot. Like they're not getting a lot of like long shots of, of big action. Yeah, uh, they're just doing a good job of editing it together, so it feels like you're seeing the action. Oh yeah, and the editing is is kind of bonkers because you're right. right. Like, there's a lot of times that you know during those fight scenes and everything, it will be really tight, and Bruce Lee is like at the center of the camera, like his face right. is in the center of the shot, but you feel like you're seeing a lot more you know up close hits and stuff than you are. Right. Uh, yeah. Brilliantly edited. Like I didn't really catch anything in this where I was like, "Oh, that was like a shitty edit." Any kind of like continuity right. problems or anything? Uh, amazingly well done. They said a lot of the the sets, especially in like the the subterranean area, were literally made from mud and chicken wire. Like <laughs> this is just trash. Like if you yeah. leaned up against it, it would probably fall down. But right. on camera, so don't they do knew that. How to shoot it? <laughs> yeah, so don't. Right. But they knew how to shoot it to make it look. Like it's fucking, you know, carved out of stone. It's insane. Right. Yeah. They they did so much with so little. And then we're also talking about like um, you know, this is this is a time where uh they're they're doing a martial arts movie and martial arts movies have become more popular largely because of Bruce Lee. Uh, but it's it's not this gigantic audience everywhere. Uh, and they're also doing black exploitation stuff, so they're, they're really like working in a genre where they could get a lot of leeway, but they still shot it in a way that people outside of those genre expectations can watch it and be sucked in. So they could have, you know, definitely, um, you know, got gotten some less effective uh, effects and things and maybe even some less effective martial artists but they they put the money in the right places they got the right people and and, and shot it in the right way that it, it works as a blockbuster movie even though what you're seeing largely is stuff you'd see in other martial arts movies and black exploitation films of the time except that they would have done it a little more low budget and not really minded that so much. It's not like in those genres, it wasn't a big deal 
if it was clearly low budget or whatever because the the ideas were were more important it was more about uh you know black artists and and uh you know uh, uh asian artists being able to make a film where they're the the protagonist and the hero and not like you know some racial stereotype right yeah, yeah. and uh you know in casting this movie I mean, obviously, Bruce Lee is, uh, first and foremost, uh, the star of the screen, and he is right. just, dude, as soon as yeah. you, you start that start the movie and they have that fight scene where they're, they're fighting in their dang old uh, black drawers out there, uh-huh. yeah. and you see Bruce Lee on camera the first time, and you're like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, he looks like a fucking <laughs> anatomical chart. The guy is- Yeah, he looks like his skin has been oh peeled off, God. and it's just all muscle. Like, he has like zero fat striation of every yeah. muscle you can see on camera and also you notice right away it's like damn this looks good like yeah it's a really, really good well. transfer they've done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but dude his his physique is the first thing you notice and it's it's unbelievable what the fuck right. was this guy eating what was he doing in the gym <laughs> what was going he, on you know i mean bruce lee um he he was always developing his own techniques and he is one of the reasons why a lot of things kind of changed um he he kind of integrated because a lot of martial artists wouldn't do say weightlifting or or things like that he kind of integrated weight training into martial arts training along with really? like boxing training and stuff and kind of his aim was to be like the the kind of uh the overlap of like mo- like strongest fastest most flexible fighter um and so he he was doing stuff that other people weren't doing. Wow. Um even though you know you see uh, the guy he's fighting is is uh is a uh he's had a long career in martial arts films and he obviously is is a big dude just like Bolo later both big dudes uh to to Bruce Lee like being big of course is it, it it gives you more strength but it takes away your flexibility and speed so like he was trying to always find a way to be as strong as a bigger guy while still being as flexible and fast as a smaller guy and yeah. I, it is insane just looking at his body it is insane it's ridiculous. to think of like how he did that like the yeah. dieting and exercise just had to be outrageous well and just watching how how fucking fast he moves i mean a yeah, lot of it's the, crazy a lot of the fight scenes in this are are slow-mo in a lot of parts but right whenever it's not and you just see physically how fast this fucking guy is it's insane yeah it's startling it really is yeah. and just his intensity in the movie is is bonkers like he at, at times he's almost so intense that it's like seeing a terminator you know right. he's so focused yes. and he's yes. so fucking invincible for the majority of the movie yeah. It's like you have no doubts. You're like, oh yeah, he's gonna fucking win this mission yeah. and fucking no kill matter everybody what. on this island with uh-huh. his bare hands. Yeah, he he definitely has something that like you know future action stars would try to emulate, where he is both physically intimidating and and then like has that presence to him. But he's also very charming, and when he smiles, you're like, oh, that's a fucking movie star right there. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, and he has those moments, too, where he, he has a little bit of humanity to him, where even as he's right. being briefed on this mission, you know, about, like, we got we to gotta stop this Han guy. That's his uh-huh. name, right? Han? Han, yeah. Uh-huh. And he's like, I don't know. Why didn't somebody just take a 45 and boom, blow him away? Yeah, you know? just kill him, yeah. Yeah, that that moment is like a, a bit of a surprise from a martial artist to 
but it's like to him there martial arts isn't about killing necessarily like the the philosophy he kind of sets out is it's more of a you know he, he says a fight is like a, a play but taken seriously like he he sees a fight as a very like as an art <laughs> he sees it very much as a martial art uh and so like if you're dealing with criminals in his mind, it's like, well, that's when you'd bring guns. Like <laughs> this isn't yeah. art time. This isn't time for like, you know, fun back and forth fighties. This is time for you'd shoot the person cause they're a problem. Uh, so yeah, it shows like this, like action, action movie star practicality type of thing where he would even like give up his own glory there and just like, no, somebody could just shoot him. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. We'll talk more about his, his philosophy and stuff too here. Cause I think that's a really yeah. fascinating part uh, of the movie. It is. They also got Dad Cop, the cop who's a dad, John <laughs> yeah. Saxon in here, being fucking younger and more hard-ass than I've ever fucking seen him in a dude. movie, dude. Okay, so here's the thing. John Saxon, we've talked about him a ton of times because he's in so many awesome horror movies. Yeah. Um, he was a, he was a teen heartthrob in like the 50s and, and 60s. He, he's still pretty he hunky was, in this. Oh yeah, he's a, that's what I'm saying. He's a handsome as hell dude. Like I, I grew up knowing Dad Cop John Saxon. Yeah, and then seeing this, and then reading up more about his like history before this, it's like this is a guy who was like a teen heartthrob who just went out and was like, I also like martial arts, and he, so he's got like uh, a, a couple of black belts or whatever. Jesus. He does this movie where he's doing his own like martial arts most of the time. I mean, none of them, even Bruce Lee's not doing the stunts. The the stars aren't going to get hurt. Uh, oh, yeah. But um, he's doing a lot of his own fighting and stuff, and it looks great. And then he becomes, you know, the next year, he's uh, the cop in Black Christmas. One of like iconic horror slashers of all time. Like yeah. The guy has been in so much awesome stuff. Uh, it just died in 2020 i believe that's right i think so yeah uh and i read that he was he was buried in the same cemetery as bruce lee oh wow in man. seattle yeah i had stuff. no idea the guy could fucking fight and be as agile and shit as he is in this like he is going for it yeah he knows he's what he's great. fucking doing yeah, yeah. he's a really he's good wearing, actor too he is he's a great actor he's wearing that that uh uh turtleneck when he's golfing yeah they've got him like in full like no way this guy could beat anyone's ass regalia right. and then he beats <laughs> the shit out of those guys it's like Boy, he it's, whips it's the a shit perfect out setup him. yeah I, I like his character too man because he is he's not a bad guy he's not a no. good guy exactly either like he's yeah. a guy who is just like a, a dude has a gambling problem and owes right. a bunch of debts and is like i guess i'll just kick asses as my way out of this <laughs> right this is that's not this, even necessarily the, a good guy no yeah that's a, that's like true of all the the characters is that they are voluntarily going to a martial arts tournament to the death like they're fringe characters they're not these aren't the type of people that are necessarily good uh i mean williams and roper seem like they're not terrible people um, and of course, uh, Lee, Bruce Lee is, he's supposed to be our good guy. He's only going there because he's seeking to do what his master wants him to do and help out with this, uh, you know, stopping this like drug prostitution ring that's going on. So like, he's our good guy. Uh, and, and like, he's the only one who seems like 
you know when when he uh, kills O'Hara, even though he has like more than enough justifiable reason, he still seems conflicted because that kind of goes against the philosophy he's laid out before. Uh, he's um, also there getting revenge because O'Hara killed his well, didn't kill yeah, his sister. Exactly. His sister yeah. died because of him. Right, and and so yeah, like. He gets his emotional like moment early on, and then after that, everything he's doing is to stop this evil guy. So he's he's kind of like he's our main good guy. There's yeah. he's he's still gray, but he's he's much closer to pure good guy than John Saxon or or Jim Kelly. Who uh, Jim Kelly playing Williams? fucking nailing it like this guy awesome. is a martial arts guy he i don't know if he had done much acting before this but he he had been brought in to um to do this and like i think he does a great job of having what they obviously want from him which is like uh, a cool swagger while also being a deadly martial artist like yeah I, I feel like all three of these characters as well as o'hara and han they've all been like done in fighting games from the 80s on right like oh, they've dude for sure yeah like, like honestly I, I feel the same way about this as i did whenever i watched big trouble in little china for the first time right when i watched that movie i was like oh that's where mortal Kombat came from right uh-huh. this movie i watch and just because i spent the most time playing this and i was like oh this is where tekken got like right everything. it's very tekken yeah I mean, there's, very tekken. there's on the nose stuff with like you know right. obviously martial law and forest law from tekken are bruce mm-hmm. lee and right. uh but then even like the way that remember in Tekken after you win a match it gives you like the slow-mo shot of like the final hit with some kind of cool right. cinematic viewpoint. Yes. That's all over this fucking movie. Uh-huh. Um it I mean also, you know, obviously inspired uh Bruce Lee inspires uh Fei Long in the Street Fighter games as well oh, as yeah, Kang in Mortal Kombat. Uh Han is clearly, I mean Though he doesn't look like M. Bison or Shang Tsung, he is obviously an inspiration for this evil guy who sets up a tournament to the death type of well, character. Well, also, too, now that you mention it, M. Bison has, like, uh, it, it, he has some kind of drug ring through that Shadaloo right. organization mm-hmm. he runs. So there's also that yeah. thread of, like, oh, yeah, it's a tournament, but they're running drugs. Ooh, mm-hmm. because running drugs is the worst thing in the world even though <laughs> that's what right. pharmaceutical companies do for the right. I, I think they anyway. did a good <laughs> They did a good job of making Han uh, a real villain. He's not just running drugs. He's also he also is running sex slavery ring. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So he he's a clear villain. Um, and also, this is basically Epstein's island. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and Let's that blonde honest. lady, I guess, is uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, right? Like she's right. the one in charge of all the 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 sex slaves that they have. I guess so. Uh, now that you mention it, yeah. But we're supposed to like her, right? Hmm. <laughs> she's supposed to be likable. That that was kind of fucking with me a little bit uh, throughout. But then I kind of realized, like, no, I think everybody in this is supposed to be gray. It's not supposed to be black and Good white. Guy, here's guy. the yeah. yeah. Here's the cowboy coming in to save uh, everybody. It is a person who has a personal vendetta has a mission mm. uh he is at best the the good the goodest guy we've got everybody else is is not really great um yeah but they're they're still charming and whatnot i mean yeah roper 
John Saxon, super charming. He's he's got like the humor and stuff to the character. Also, so does uh, Williams. Roper and Williams kind of carry the humor throughout. Oh yeah, they're um, great, and they they're buddies from Nam and all that shit too. Yeah. So like they have a mm-hmm. backstory. Um, also, I totally would have watched the shit out of a movie about their backstory. Absolutely, yeah. What was going on with them back in Nam? Like these two guys who are like martial arts badasses fighting yeah. side by side in Nam. <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude. I mean, like we, we, you were telling me earlier that they've been talking about making a remake of this for fucking yeah. ever, which mm-hmm. they absolutely should not do. They should not make a remake of this now. Instead, give us fucking Inter Williams and Roper and have us fucking having them, you know, Kung Fu the Viet Cong or some shit. I'd watch right. that or whatever. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Like whatever you could come up with. Like because now that we've had, I mean, because this this movie uh, and its success was kind of the major catalyst for the martial arts um, love that we saw from this part in this this early seventies era all the way into the 90s like we as kids were still getting movies that were riding this wave of bruce lee popularity the fucking matrix dude i mean that wouldn't exist without movies like this yeah i mean beyond like yeah just everything like jackie chan uh john claude van damme like all those movies that that we saw like throughout the the late 70s to the 80s and, and 90s like they all stem from this so like when you start talking about a remake it's like well, every it's been remade. <laughs> like it's it's been like warped and twisted and contorted by everybody to make a new uh, uh, martial arts movie over a, a period of about uh, twenty years. So like trying to remake it, yeah. I, all I could see is you would have to do something completely different. You would have That's to the thing, do right? something. And, yeah. and why then? Like, why even do it? Just, then why even do it? Right. Just like, make another movie. <laughs> it would be like if some metal band was just like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to remake uh, the Black Sabbath record by Black Sabbath. We're going right. to remake it. <laughs> why? Like, if you followed it to a T, it wouldn't have any impact because everybody would no. be like, yeah, I've, I've heard all these things. This is what metal has right. been doing since this came out. Right. But then you're right. If you go in a completely different direction and it's like, oh, whatever, the, the fucking Chemical Brothers remade Black Sabbath. Okay, I might listen to that. Yeah, I'd probably listen to that, honestly. It sounds yeah. kind of cool. But you know what I mean? It's so far away from the original point that it's just like, right. whatever. And, and honestly, yeah, too, I, I think that you know, people watching this now might have that feeling where they're like, that's cool, but I've seen it before. That's cool, but I've seen that before. Yeah. You know, just like how if you've never listened to black sabbath and you listen to him now you'll be like oh yeah, yeah I've, heard, I've heard all these kind of things before right and it's because it influenced everything that came after it <laughs> right but yeah whenever this dropped on the scene you probably hadn't seen that especially as an american audience you've probably not seen a lot of this stuff and then everything just has been ripping it off since then right yeah i mean like you, you the influence of bruce lee after this i mean uh, you got the rise of like chop sake movies where like there's this you know very much this like speed style and the the loud like screaming type of stuff and the the over the top foley of the hits and all that yeah Uh, and and then beyond that there's uh the bruce exploitation films where they tried to get people who looked like bruce lee to basically play the bruce lee role and uh there's a if you check out the Blu-ray of of 
Enter the Dragon, there is a featurette with uh, Grady Hendrix, who is a horror author, talking about Bruce Bluetation. Grady Hendrix is great. If you've never seen him uh, in interview, he's he's like super excitable and loves the the subject he's talking about. So seeing him talk about Bruce Bluetation was real interesting, especially like the way that. It, it was because he had found like so much insane success right before he died and people i guess felt like they didn't get the opportunity to exploit it so they just like were finding people who oftentimes just kind of looked like him oftentimes could kind of move like him but it like everybody wanted to get in on this and so it's been done a million times obviously you go back and watch this now uh, yeah, you've probably seen a ton of movies that have done yeah. all the same stuff. And you've played video games that have done all the same stuff because everybody wanted to cash in on the success of what Bruce Lee did with Enter the Dragon. Well, I know that for me, because of the timeline of how I watched these movies, whenever this movie started and you know it came on the screen and he was doing that first fight scene, I was like, oh, this also has Bruce Lee from Pieces in it. Same guy. Huh. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Lee from Pete. Oh, yes. Remember? Yes. It's bad chop oh, suey. God damn it. Yes. That's uh, terrible. Yeah, that, that definitely they were trying to cash in on Bruce Lee there. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, oh the pinnacle of Bruce exploitation right there. Bruce Lee. Look Bruce up that Lay. scene from Pieces if you haven't. It's not racist it's at all. racist as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's massively, hugely, hugely influential on so much stuff, and you can see why, man. Now, Williams, we were talking about him just a second ago. What would you say the actor's name is? Oh, uh, Jim Kelly. And he is fucking awesome. He's also just yeah. shredded in this and yeah. is a great fighter. And yeah. um, I was interested to see how this was going to play out because – you know, automatically it's like this was made in 1970 what? 73. 73 for the US audience, you have a, a an Asian main character, so you're already like, okay, cool, this is different from stuff going on in American cinema. More yeah, very different, yeah. And then you have the supporting character who's a black guy, and I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder how this is going to be handled. And one of the first things that we get with him is that 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 flashback where he's getting harassed by these cops for no reason. Right. They drop a they drop a slur I've not heard in a while on him. Yeah. Well, you can hear it on the movie yourself, but yeah. You know, it's there. And I was automatically at that point it was kind of like, "Oh, oh man, like what's going to happen here? How bad is this going to be? Like how badly right. is this aged?" But then he uh, <laughs> he whips the cops asses. <laughs> And then also, a stray dog comes over and bites the cops. The, the fucking the dog best. is like, hey, cab. <laughs> it's so perfect. So I, I was mean, like, oh, okay, this is going to handle this well. Cool. Yeah, so this is yeah, this is early in the black exploitation era of, of uh, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out the, the way to get uh, black protagonists um, into films. And, and black exploitation films oftentimes were only aimed at uh, black audiences. They really didn't really care if white audiences got into it. Yeah. Um, also at this time, yeah, Asi- Asian characters in movies, they would always be these sort of emasculated men. They were never the main guy, definitely not going to be the most powerful guy, uh, and definitely not going to be considered like charming or sexy. 
Yeah, or at best, they were mystical brown people, a trophy right, yeah, continue seeing in movies. Right. So, yeah, Bruce Lee is bringing this whole different type of character. He's also, uh, you know, there's also in this movie, uh, yeah, as you said, um, you know, uh, Jim Kelly is a strong character. I would say people could look back at these this movie now and be like, oh, like, there, there are, you know, maybe some stereotypes in this. Like, uh, the black guy wants to have sex with multiple women or whatever. He's a ladies' man. It's like, that's, He's a ladies I, man. I guess, kind of a trope. But, I mean, you know. Kind of. But it's a black exploitation trope. Like, it yeah. is a trope that they're they're pulling from the black exploitation films. They're trying to bring in that audience. Uh, and that audience uh, is, you know, expecting this character to get laid. That's, I mean, you know, go watch any Rudy Ray Moore film or watch Shaft or whatever, the idea is that the protagonist in a black exploitation film is sexy and he's yeah. supposed to uh, attract women. So, you know, may, I could see maybe that or whatever. Um, well, but then also, too, you could even say some of that gets kind of dispelled whenever, like, throughout the movie, we have uh, John Saxon's character who is definitely into the ladies as well. And right, he says that, exactly. that that line about, like, a man's appetites are the source of his power. And he's like right. all about, man, I love that line too, where he's like, a woman like that can really teach you a lot about yourself or something like that. <laughs> so it's shown that it's like, it's not just the black guy that's all about no. women. And in fact, this, this, you know, appetite, so to speak, might even be a good thing. Right. Yeah. According, yeah. According to the philosophy of the movie is that, uh, yeah. Now, we do have the issue that these women are sex slaves. That's kind of a that, problem. Yeah, that is the problem here. Um, yeah, I, I <laughs> you do know what not spin that one. <laughs> yeah, I. The thing is, uh, I don't think we can put necessarily blame on uh, Roper or Williams because they don't have that information like Lee does. Um, but I think I'd still going to an island where somebody's like here are six women uh ha have your pick i would i would definitely go the lee route of no not interested i am not yeah. interested in these women you've captured what yeah that's crazy <laughs> there's something up here right <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I i think um i think you know looking at this and looking at other people's reflections on it like um LL Cool J, I read LL Cool J said that like this was kind of the first time that a lot of a lot of uh, non-white kids had seen non-white protagonists that aren't stereotypical like um, caricatures of the yeah. race. So uh, this is like super popular. I mean, you know, uh, without Enter the Dragon, without you know the bruce lee films of the time we don't get wu-tang clan like we don't True. we don't get the this like amazing group of, of individuals coming together over a love of uh kung fu films like i i think this played really well uh across race it, and that is why it's kind of really beyond just important for what it means is like you know influential in in, in the genre it's also like a a time where this isn't just white people driving ticket sales. This is people, everybody's enjoying this and feeling represented. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. 
Well, and you pointed out to me too, as far as like that, you know, that that ladies' man kind of persona is is mm-hmm. um, is played up with him. It makes that scene where Han is like beating his ass in front of that that room oh, yeah, full the of women. ladies who are like smoking yeah, and they're dope all and laughing. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it makes that like a little bit more. Yeah, uh, there's more impact, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he he obviously cares about the opinions of women and stuff. So these women laughing at him in this moment is gonna be rough. His his death. I think that's inter- it's interesting because uh, John Saxon was originally supposed to be Williams, but he didn't he didn't want his character to die. So like there's kind of some switching around of like who Roper is and who Williams are uh, is, um, but that means that this scene that like to me was kind of very impactful, where uh, Han leads Roper to Williams's dead body. When you see that moment, it's it, it like is instantly there's a black man hanging up dead yeah. Yeah. and it's got this like cultural impact that wasn't intentional in Michael Allen's script, but still kind of comes across. And, and when you hit it, I don't know. I feel like there's more impact seeing Williams there than if you had seen Roper, mm. but it also is playing on this like, very gross element of of racism and, and, and lynching and things like that. Sure. That like it's real complicated watching it now. Like just seeing it, I was like at first, you know, before reading about it, I was like, oh, that is poor taste. Like Yeah, totally. You're just using the the torture of a black body to for impact in this moment. But then finding out that I was originally supposed to be Roper, it's like, oh no, okay. So that wasn't the intention but it Mm-mm. still feels gross. It just yeah. feels gross. Right. That is true, man. That is definitely true. Mm. But still, I mean, it's it's definitely aging well. This movie it is. Yeah. had a lot mm-hmm. of things in it that could have aged very badly, and uh, it did manage to sidestep um, a lot of that, man. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you so. one thing I was not expecting out of this. like I was expecting a lot of really super badass fight scenes and all that, which we get treated to a plenty throughout the movie, but... I love how this movie kind of kicks off with a lot of heavy th- philosophical stuff with Bruce Lee and his right. master mm-hmm. talking the philosophy of, of fighting and how you learn that yeah. it's not, as you said, it's not just about beating ass or beating the bad guy. Like mm-hmm. Bruce has transcended all of this stuff. So it, he's left it so far beyond him that what's his master say is like your, your, you know, your fighting has taken on a spiritual element. It's transcended. Right. Stuff gets yeah. deep really fast, and I think that's so fucking sick, man. And, like, the line that really has stood out to me, and, you know, of course, I'm just uh, applying it to my own world and my own uh, my own thing, which is, of course, guitar playing most of the time. Right. But I love whenever his master asks him that question. He's like, what is, what is the greatest technique you hope to achieve? And he says, I wish to have no technique. Right. Like, the entire concept of being so adept that there is no technique it just is right. i'm just responding when he expands i contract when he contracts i expand like right that is so fucking cool especially in the world of guitar and i'm sure martial arts as well which can get so in the weeds about like now do you hold your pick like this or like that <laughs> you know like right, how are you making right. the string change i'm bad about it to myself and it's like the obsession about the physical the obsession about the technique usually does nothing but holds you back from progress a lot of the times yeah he he um lee definitely like he he studied some uh philosophy 
at University of Washington. But yeah, he he really did try to bring together martial arts and philosophy in in his own way. Like he created uh, a fighting style called Jeet Kune Do, which he was really aiming to make it a style that has no style. Um, the, the idea of like, yeah, just being able to respond and being able to in any moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To, 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 yeah. He, what does he say? He says, uh, that, that he, he wants to get to the point where he doesn't hit, but the, the fist hits for itself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like just like that. I, that idea is really cool. I think the, the concept doesn't get fully fleshed out throughout the movie, but there is definitely like some repercussion of his description of his philosophy. As I said, like in his fight against O'Hara, like he he clearly seems uh, to have a mixed reaction on his face when he kills O'Hara. Like, yeah, it feels like he weighed, even though he wanted this person to be, uh, uh, you know, hurt because of what he did to his sister he did not intend to kill him. So there, there's something there where then it's O'Hara's elevation to attempting to kill him. That makes him respond by killing him. Like there's just a, a lot going on with Bruce Lee's like reactions and with his face in so many scenes, like they, they don't rely a ton on him saying aloud how he feels. Well, and that also kind of ties into some of the stuff they, they talk about early in the movie where he talks about, you know, uh, what's he say? The warrior must, like, take uh, consequence for his actions. And right. mm-hmm. he also has that talk with that student about, like, wanting emotional content. Like, the fight has to right. have emotional content. And he sees right. the consequence of his actions, and he did have emotional content in that fight. Right. And by the way, he fucking whipped his ass there were so many shots in that where i was like i guess bruce lee just kicked the living shit out of this guy (laughs) some of those shots dude it looks like there is full-on impact going on it looks brutal and bob wall bob wall's no slouch himself like he he's um he was part of the the southern california like uh kung fu and martial arts movement throughout the 70s yeah so like they they got people who were uh trained who knew what they were doing uh, sick, and man. Bob Wall's also big too. Like he, he's at least six inches taller than Bruce Lee. Oh so yeah, that, he's huge. Yeah, the impact of like seeing Bruce Lee just handle him is awesome. Yeah, it really is, man. Also, I'm pretty sure they based the look of Ben Stiller and Dodgeball off of O'Hara. <laughs> they, yes, it totally absolutely. looks absolutely. <laughs> I also think O'Hara, uh, O'Hara kind of has a, a Kano vibe from Mortal Kombat as well. Oh as, yeah, I uh, can see that. Sagat's like you know with the the, the scar, yeah, the scar, yeah. I, I thought about I think, that. Yeah, yeah. I think if you if you pay attention to this movie, you can see just the seeds of so many. Fight, fighting game and side scrolling beat 'em up game characters. Shit, yeah. I know Double Dragon Two has uh, a, a villain named Bolo and a villain named O'Hara. So like, well, they, that's kind of on the nose. They weren't even <laughs> hiding it. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all that philosophical stuff, man. Like the the entire thing about the uh, you know, there is no I. Like there is no enemy because. Mm-hmm. I don't exist. A lot of that stuff right. isn't really super explained, but it's said with such conviction that you're like, okay, I guess I need to go read up on what he's talking about. It kind of like inspires you to go and read some of the things that they were probably discussing there. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he definitely is a, um, in his own personal philosophy included lots of different Eastern philosophies, but um, he Confucius, himself, yeah, Confucianism, yeah. like Taoism, is de- is definitely in there. Like some uh, art of but war he was, mixed in there. Yeah, for sure. He was personally an atheist. Um, so for him, yeah, a heathen. So for him, like the philosophy is very much about diving into your own mind and understanding yourself. And I, I think that is like, yeah, it's not fully explained, but that's a real interesting moment there where, yeah, he's talking about this sort of uh, losing of the self, losing of the ego and allowing of the, you know, cosmic energy or whatever it is to, to guide you in those moments. Yeah, dude. Uh, and I'll tell you yeah. what, knowing he is a dang old heathen, he might be in hell, but he's probably giving old Beelzebub quite a kung fu kicking in the ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> Amen. Fuck, I want that movie now. Bruce Lee yeah, beats the Bruce shit out of hell. Satan. <laughs> Whipping the shit out of Satan. Cool. Sign me up with that, man. I, and, I, and I want it to go like a lot of those versus things go where they fight at first, but then they team up to take on the real villain. Ooh. God. Yeah. Bruce Lee and Satan fight God. Fighting God. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Sign me the fuck up, dude. Are you yes. kidding me? I would love to have that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but I love too how he can like take that image that he is this, you know, Zen philosopher warrior and spin that to fuck with people too. Whenever he's on the boat with that uh that New Zealand mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And he's Who's like, it's the just art an of asshole. Oh, he's just yeah. an asshole. And he's like, uh-huh. I engage in the art of fighting without fighting. And the guy's like, What do you mean? And he's like, I'll show you. Get on this boat. Uh-huh. <laughs> just kicks him off. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's a subtly stuff. funny moment. You think this is going some big, you know, philosophical angle, and then it's just like, oh, I'm just not going to fight you. You're stupid, so I can trick you into getting on this boat. I'll just throw yeah. the boat out. <laughs> and then, and that guy, like, they, I mean, this movie really understands, like, how to establish a villain and how to establish a hero, because th- that's, like, a very clear, like, this New Zealander's a villain moment. Uh, later with uh, Han, like putting the cat in the the guillotine, Aww. you're like, oh, he's clearly a villain. And then also uh, Roper saves the cat, like he literally does the thing you're supposed he does to do. The thing. That's right to to prove someone's a hero. He saves the cat. Uh, like the the movie does such a good job of establishing who the heroes and who the the villains are, while keeping everybody from being like overly like mary sue like bruce lee is the good guy but like he's not he's not this like cowboy in the white hat he, yeah, he's, he's, not Captain he's definitely yeah he's definitely got his own like personality and and, and something more going on there i yeah i think this movie is is like i mean we've barely talked about the events of this movie <laughs> but like i think this movie as an action movie still stands up almost 50 years later yeah. And that's insane. For real, man. Like the pacing and stuff is really good. I never at mm-hmm. any moment was was bored by anything that was no. going on, you know? Yeah. You never really get too in the weeds with any one particular mm-hmm. scene or feel or vibe or whatever. It's kind of always moving and the viewpoints are changing enough too where it's like, okay, here's Bruce Lee doing his thing, but what's right. Roper doing? That's cool. Let's check yeah. out on Williams. Like it's kind of bouncing between the three of them. At a nice pace where it's like Bruce is still the main character for sure. Right. But these other guys aren't just cardboard cutouts that are there to also beat ass alongside of them. They're, they're both there on right. their own missions and we get to see their viewpoints and what they're going through. Uh, yeah. I think, it, like you said, it still is really well paced, really well put together. 
And, um, you know, talking about, like, the kind of the good guys side dudes, Roper and Williams, the bad guy, Han, has his side dudes, too. He's got uh-huh. O'Hara, and he's also got Bolo, Bolo. who, dude, yeah. I recognized. I was like, I know this guy from something, yeah. and then you fucking dumped it on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, he's from Bloodsport. Um, he's, uh, he, after this, started going by the name Bolo, is like his acting name. Uh, really? Like Yang Ji. Yeah, he is in so much stuff, um, so many, so many uh, different kung fu movies and stuff. But I think so many of people from our generation know him from Bloodsport because he is a great fucking villain in Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I, I don't know why I didn't put that together myself. Probably because it's been an eternity since I watched Bloodsport. I bet right. I was in fucking. <laughs> Single digits watching that on TBS or something the last time I saw uh-huh. that movie. When's the last time you watched Bloodsport? It's been more recently, and um, when I watched it, it's like... The thing that always hits me when I re-watch um, 80s kung fu movies uh, is that the things that we remember from childhood about them are usually only about 20 minutes of the movie. And then there's this other plot stuff going on where you're like, wait, there's a there's a journalist? Why is yeah. there a journalist what? involved in this? <laughs> uh, but Bloodsport's actually Bloodsport has, I think, the most like it's it's not a great movie, but it has the most like consistent like pacing of action and stuff that keeps you with it. Word. So I watch, watch it, rewatch it. I think. Yeah, dude, Bolo in this is jacked. Yeah, he's, he's big. Yeah, huge. Like yeah, the other guys in this, like we said, are really shredded and trim. Mm-hmm. This guy mm-hmm. is massive. Yeah. The, the, like, I think it, it's, it's him and the first guy he fights when they fight, you know, in the teeny tiny trunks with the gloves. Um, they're both bigger guys. And I think that the, the idea that Lee was probably thinking should get across there is his concept that, that like size, uh, isn't necessarily the thing that is going to, you know, uh, get someone to win. I mean, we see that even with the, the praying mantis fight, like he bets yeah, yeah. on the smaller praying mantis and the, Oh, smaller I didn't even pick up wins. on that. Huh. Yeah. And, and it's part of his like martial arts philosophy of, you know, it, it makes, it makes sense because in the seventies, he's kind of contending with, uh, bodybuilding, um, popularity as well. So like simultaneously while martial arts are becoming popular, bodybuilding is becoming really popular and they're kind they're not entirely antithetical but they kind of are like you the bigger your muscles get the less you can do in a flexible speed style um and so like i think he was that he was trying to showcase his philosophy in his fight with the the first guy who doesn't have a name and then with the praying mantis scene we get that like I, I think he and uh you know Mike, Michael Allen who wrote the script, I, I think there's very much like some aligning of philosophy here to make sure it comes across that like while Bruce Lee is only I think he's five eight and he weighed like 140 pounds while Bruce Lee is not large he his technique and his martial arts style can defeat a much larger opponent. Dude, it's it's so fucking badass to watch. There's a few parts in this where I had to rewind to see what happened just because it happened so fast. There's that one fight he's doing. I'm trying to remember who it is that Bruce is fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, they they start off in that stance where they kind of have both of their like 
you know, the backs of their left hands are touching right. each other. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, within like a microsecond, Bruce is like hitting this guy across the face with his left hand. Right. It's like, how did he get from that ready stance to hitting this guy in the face so fast? <laughs> yeah. It's like fucking it's lightning, insane. man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can see why this, like, he he just has um, not only, like, the, the ability, but he has the charisma to, like, sell that ability yeah. in, in a way that other martial artists hadn't been able to do in martial arts film up to that point. Now, martial arts films previous to Bruce Lee, of course, exist, and are there are a ton of really great ones. Uh, Bruce Lee just became this, like, larger-than-life action star through this um and and it made so much more money than anything had made up to that point that it was like oh this is what everybody needs to emulate and Mm -hmm. it kind of became the biggest influence in the kung fu genre oh yeah man and yeah bolo fighting in this is just a beast and he also brings in actually you know what this movie has two of my favorite returning tropes that we talk about on the show many times because this movie features someone getting folded in half, <laughs> which I love. Yep. And it also features side boob. Uh-huh. It does. Checking yeah. a lot of boxes for the Benster over here. Yeah. Good stuff there. I mean, the, the fold in half, like that's part of the the uh, the chop sake style that I, I was mentioning earlier, where like it, some over the top, um, you know, Foley and, and, and oftentimes the like, loud like wata like sort of um sounds while hitting but also uh ridiculous like crush deaths and like breaking deaths as yeah. you, you'll see like <laughs> this bolo specifically specify or, or he seems to like very much like uh be a Specialize, professional yeah. at at um at this because he 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 crack he cracks so many people in so many different ways yeah he's like it's cradling like, that one guy <laughs> yeah he's just like holding him like a baby and somehow that's cracking him in half but it i mean it works so yeah yeah and of course this movie's plot is is pretty simple there's a bunch of fighters going to this mm-hmm. island bruce is going kind of undercover he's been chosen by by the Brits to infiltrate this thing, find this mm-hmm. agent that they've planted, and stop this drug pushing ring. Uh, Williams and Roper have their own reasons for going to the tournament, and yeah. they get to the island. They whip ass. They do some fighting. They do some sleuthing, some undercovering, and yeah. they blow the whole thing up. It's really, really, really simple, and it's kind of it is. It's kind of got that spy movie James Bond feel in a lot of ways. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, several critics kind of pointed that out in the seventies that it uh, it has a very Doctor No feel. Um. It. You know. We got. We've got this like villain who has his affectation and his lair. That's very Bad much guy Bond. with a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I, I think. I think. Yeah. You got like a combination spy thriller, martial arts film, black exploitation film. Uh, and it it kind of treads in all those areas really well. So it, it, I mean, I've seen some bad Bond film attempts. This is this is the best I think I've seen of somebody obviously trying to make a Bond film and it turning out not like a you know just full on rip off of Bond. Oh yeah. Well, and I think what helps too is that there's there's no guns and they explain right. that away. Yes. I think very eloquently, where it's like, they're on this little island that dude owns. Dude is always really worried about getting assassinated. So there's no guns mm-hmm. on the island. 
Yeah. Done. There you That's go. it. No. What a good explanation. That's like. Yep. It's like dealing with you know cell phones and horror movies. You always have to find a way around yep. the cell phone. You know. That's it. Yeah. So in in yeah in a martial arts movie, you do have to figure out how to get rid of guns uh, until Jackie Chan comes along and he just disarms everybody. But uh, I I think like in this in this instance, like not having guns at at all. I guess until the military shows up at the end, but. Not not having guns at all. Yeah, it allows for you to have all these like individual fight scenes. And I think what are there? They're probably uh I think there's like seven major fights that we see. So it still puts the martial arts in front. And that like you're watching a martial arts movie, um, and, and everything's gonna be solved by people two people who are good at fighting, fighting each other. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, those fights and stuff are, are super well choreographed. I love that there is so much emphasis on, on the slow motion, on the making those motions visible to our eyes. I think they're all choreographed really nicely. And, again, they look brutal. And the places that they're set are fucking cool, dude. That that mirror yeah. room fight scene that we oh, get at the man. end. Oh, man. That is fucking iconic. sick. Yeah. Iconic, for sure. And that ties into the destroy the image thing he was talking about earlier. Right. He starts shattering yes. the mirrors. Fucking sick, man. Yeah, when he like uh you know, he he like uh wipes that blood off his stomach and like tastes it. That's yeah. just like uh, such an iconic moment of like what a why would he do that? It's badass. I don't know why he did it, but it was badass. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> sick. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh man, so rad. I, I've got no complaints really about much anything about the aesthetic or the sets yeah. or anything in this flick. I think they all look really sick. What do you think about the soundtrack in this? God, I love it, man. I love it's it dope. so much. It's so good. It's um fuck, what's his name? Uh Lalo Schifrin. Lalo Schifrin is the composer of the theme for Mission Impossible. Um oh, what the hell? as well as yeah, as well as uh, composing for like Cool Hand Luke and Amityville and uh even the Rush Hour trilogy was was him. So uh, but this is just like this perfect combination of like funk and then like Eastern stuff. And then like at times, you know, kind of just other, you know, Bond action movie type of, of uh, score. I I don't know, man. The whole time I was just like, I got to get this on. <laughs> like, I just got to download this so I can listen to it regularly. Yeah. It's, it's really it's fucking good. cool, man. And there's a lot of times in there where I'm like, oh, okay. So that's why Tarantino did that soundtrack that way. Yes. You know? Yeah, Tarantino's like he he has said that this is one of his major influences, but watching it with that in mind, it was just like, oh yeah, I see that. I see him taking a lot from this. Yeah, they did show a lot of feet whenever they were doing those kicks and stuff too. <laughs> totally clear. That's where you got right? the, the feet thing from. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really like this flick. It, it's making me inspired to watch more Bruce Lee movies because I'm like, yeah, I, I got to see more, man. There's got to be yeah, a lot of stuff too. out there that I'm totally unaware of that kicks ass. Have you watched a lot of other Bruce Lee movies? No, I haven't. This is the only Bruce Lee film I have ever seen. I saw the biopic that came out in the 90s. I don't remember yeah. what it's called, but it had um, uh, it, it, it was good. Um, but as far as I read, it was inaccurate. <laughs> so, um, hmm. but uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched any of his other stuff. This definitely made me want to watch, uh, more Bruce Lee films. It also made me want to just watch more Kung Fu films in general, specifically, uh, Jackie Chan films. I feel like I've, 
I've only seen mostly Jackie Chan's American films. I've Same, never seen yeah. Police Story, which is like his magnum first opus, big, yeah. yeah, big film. Um, he's in this movie, Jackie Chan. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. He is one of the yeah one of the uh, background guys. I I read he told a story recently on a podcast that uh, while filming that he was in the scenes where uh, Bruce Lee. It has the the bow staff and it gets broken in half and he's kind of fighting with with either side of it. Fucking uh, sick. And yeah, and uh, he accidentally hit Jackie Chan like pretty hard with it. Oh, uh, and but like the scene kept going, so he like kept the scene going. And as soon as they called cut, like uh, Bruce Lee just dropped him and was like, "I am so sorry," and like ran over and was like checking up on him. Aww. So uh, Jackie Chan. For the the rest of the day was kind of playing it up just to get uh, Bruce Lee's attention, you know, because Bruce <laughs> fucking Lee, yeah, Bruce fucking Lee, come on, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's that was a cute story to me that Jackie Chan. I mean, because we think of Jackie Chan now as fucking Jackie Chan, but at the time yeah. he's just some kid who's on set with uh, his hero, you know. That's so nuts. I, I want to learn more about this movie. Like, I, I I hate I had so little time to to do any kind of reading up on it, but you know, Bruce was. Heavily involved with the script, with all the ideas, right. the fight choreography. Um, yeah, Kev was telling me that like a lot of martial arts dudes like came and you know basically picked fights with Bruce Lee just to see if it was worth the yeah. hype. It's like, can you yep. beat my ass? Answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually like an interesting thing just reading about because um, uh, Jim Kelly and, and Bob Wall and uh, Yang Ji Bolo, they're all legit tough guys uh and so bob wall had this like feud with steven seagal in the the 80s because steven seagal like dismissed um bruce lee along with like a ton of other people and was like i could kick all their asses or whatever um and so like bob wall put together like a list of 12 guys including himself that were willing to fight Steven Seagal to the death at any moment. Oh, if Steven shit. Seagal would take them up on it and he wouldn't. So like <laughs> the, these guys are legit. Like this isn't just, you know, some actors who learned to do a couple moves. These are guys who like legit probably could kick each other's asses in some sense. Uh, and that's, I think, you know, I think that is a major element to why this feels so good 50 years later. Because all the people doing the action know what the fuck they're doing. They're legit martial artists who know how to do this and make it look really good for the camera. And and it's not, it's not a stunt man carrying an actor. It is a bunch of people who know how to make this look great. It's like a movie full of Tom Cruises is what it is. (laughs) Doing Right. Yes. Yes, Tom Cruise known for his martial arts uh, ability. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he sure can run <laughs> yeah he can <laughs> do you think that what's gonna ever happen is that everybody's gonna get like so tired <laughs> of tom cruise and his shenanigans that like a script is gonna start getting passed around and it's just gonna like land on his desk and somebody's gonna pitch it to him like really hard and it's gonna be like we're making a movie about the world's best Russian roulette, Tom. <laughs> you should be in it, Tom. 
It's all about the deadliest game of Russian roulette. Tom, be in Tom. the fucking movie. <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll do my own stunts. Great. Uh, Good to have you on. The, Let's go start filming. The motherfucker would survive it 100%. I know. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, was that good? Did that look good? They'd be like, oh my God. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> One of these days, it's got to happen. Right. Yeah, I, I want to I check out more stuff. I want to learn more about this movie. I want to learn about more of Bruce's other movies and stuff, man. It's really, mm-hmm, yeah. really insane to see how you know short his life was cut. I didn't realize he was 32, 32. 33. Yeah, what 32. The fuck? It's kind I, and, of a fluke, and, right? It was some kind of like it, medical issue with a kind of uh, like yeah. He muscle? had well, it was cerebral edema, so he had oh. some brain swelling. They're not sure what caused his first initial brain swelling, but then he had a separate brain swelling incident months later, and a friend gave him a a a, a pain pill, and one of the ingredients in the pain pill. Uh, he was allergic to. So he died. Uh, it's it's officially listed as death by misadventure. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just a kind of a fluke. But they're not like that. I haven't seen an explanation for why he was suddenly having the 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 uh, edema in his brain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, not sure exactly what was going on there. But yeah, fucking huge loss would have been. I think just a gigantic career beyond this. Like I can't imagine him not becoming the household name action star. Uh, that oh, yeah. I mean, he already became without even doing another movie after this. I was gonna say. I mean, even to this day, it's like if you were to say who's the biggest kung fu movie star ever, it's like Bruce yeah, Lee. Bruce Duh. Lee, yeah, yeah. No, contest. I mean, without Bruce Lee, we don't we don't get Jackie Chan, we don't get Jet Li, we don't get all these other like great uh action stars we've gotten from it and like yeah the the guy is just he he is a legend um it's a shame we lost him when we did would have been great for him to just continue on and uh you know i yeah it's it's always a shame especially when it it's a situation where this is a guy who is like super healthy you know like he did everything right and still just stupid shit bodies are dumb dumb man crazy <laughs> i don't really have a lot of complaints about this movie i mean I, no. you know maybe i could just sit here and make up stuff to nitpick about but i don't uh, know yeah i would be making it up like i'd be really trying to find something whereas watching it i have no complaints i no. i mean i i think it it really is it's uh a, it's a product of its time it's very 70s but it also it works very well outside of its time. Yeah. Uh, and for, for me, yeah, I, I I don't see how you say a movie that uh, inspired so much stuff that I love and uh, also <laughs> made uh, $2 billion adjusted for inflation. Uh, I don't see how this is anything but a, a 10 to me. Like, this is a, a perfect kung fu movie. I can't argue with you. Like, really, yeah. what else could I have asked for in this? Uh... Right. Not really much. It is a, a perfect uh, version of its species. So, yep. yeah, I, I'm right there with you, man. Roaring good choice. Oi. Kev, it's Oi. a good one, isn't it? Oi. It's so good. This is how I talk. I'm Kev. Oi. It's better than <laughs> beans and toast and tea, isn't it? 
<laughs> oh man i've been watching the great british bake-off and i decided that if i was ever on there because like i think the second episode i saw was biscuits and i was like oh they're making cookies cookies are easy and then i saw what they were doing and i was like oh i can't do that <laughs> and then i was like if i were on the great british bake-off they'd come over and i'd just be pouring beans on toast and they'd be like so what's going on here and i'd be like uh beans on toast and they'd be like jolly good carry on and i'd win <laughs> don't forget the mushrooms now it's breakfast time <laughs> gotta have some roasted tomatoes don't you <laughs> fucking awesome great flick yeah. man great great submission yeah so awesome patreon smoking bowl and of course the uh the next month's wild card drawing out of that smoking bowl can be yours if you support the show on there on our patreon page sign up to yeah. that thing today just give them that url one more time yeah patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely head Woo. on over there we got we got the patreon exclusive episodes if you donate a, a a single dollar uh but for five bucks yeah you can guide this ship That's and right. i guess we're getting back to horror movies if we have it's september it's september man scary september we call it that's it's right starting <laughs> now i guess although dude i'll tell you action august has gotten real good to me i wouldn't me really mind if just like i don't know once every month or two it's just like whatever let's do fucking blood sport this month whatever right i think uh in fact that's a, a great idea i think we should do uh, maybe after october just start integrating more genre stuff that we like i mean we already do it anyway we do sci-fi and fantasy and and action all the time anyway so but maybe a little more i mean maybe a okay more. I, honestly i want to hear from you guys that listen to the show yeah. on the regular like is that cool with you guys it seems like it would yeah. be because these action august episodes get a fuck ton of listens so yeah people do do like these so yeah if, if this is not if this is not what you signed up for i get it uh, but, uh, man, it, it's nice to be able to expand out beyond horror and still find that you're, you know, kind of still in the horror genre. I mean, we're talk talking about John Saxon in a Kung Fu movie yeah. and we've talked about this man so many times. I, I love that integration crossover that you get. Yeah. That crossover. Right. It's real nice. Yeah. And if but we get more wild cards and, and you don't like it, you can take this pod and shove and it. Shove it. <laughs> you heard me but yeah we're going to be getting right back into the horrific stuff next week Hell as yeah. we delve into and I, I can't believe we've not done this yet because i feel like we yeah. did part one so long ago we're going to be talking about an it part two yep it part two we did a, a mini sode back in the day with uh, uh both of our wives um and i i want to give it a second look because at the time i didn't like it I yeah, have same. W I've watched it I think one time kind of in the periphery since same I would yep. like to give it another shot yeah yeah because it part one I still I enjoy it. I put yeah. it on like pretty frequently yeah. just to have like some kind of scary movie on I still like it a lot uh it part two with all the grown-ups and stuff I remember not it so much not really being as good so we'll yeah. see how it holds up we'll put that under the lens there and talk about that one next time in the meantime be sure to rate the show and review it on apple podcast spotify anywhere that you can shout out a podcast we've been getting some good bathroom graffiti here lately for a good time <laughs> listening to dead lovely horror podcast yeah. big fan oh, of man. that big oh yeah of that. bathroom Keep graffiti oh 
If you're a student in detention right now, graffiti the fuck out of that desk. Dude, if anybody could use, you know, a, a pocket knife and carve it into like a desk or a tree somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking sick. Uh-huh. Old school, man. <laughs> That's the good Maybe stuff. Maybe you do that for us, you know? Yeah. Go full Slayer style, carve it into your arms. No, don't do that. I'd say no, stop before no, you do don't, that. don't do that. Unless you, no. you know what? If it's a tattoo guy carving it into your arms with a tattoo gun, huh? wow, wow, don't do that. You could do better. You could probably do better, honestly. <laughs> but you couldn't do better than tuning in next week and following us on all of our various social media platforms. Just find us on the link tree and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Just look at Linktree yep, Den Lovely. Follow yep. us on everything and uh, catch up with us on that dang Facebook group. Still the only reason to have a Facebook page is hanging out with you guys Absolutely. on a Facebook group because otherwise it's the fucking worst thing that's ever yep. happened to humanity. It is Literally, cesspit. I really do yep. think that it is. Terrible. Except for I hanging agree. out with you guys. So hang out with us on that Facebook group and tune in next week where I will be Uncle Ben. And I'll be Hollywood Steve. And we will be dead and lovely. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Hi, y'all. So a question I get asked pretty frequently, and honestly, a question that I ask myself pretty frequently these days is, why hasn't my 80s hair metal tribute band, Skank Banger, been canceled yet due to our obviously uh, (laughs) ridiculously tacky name, right? Right. Uh Uh-huh. People ask me that all the time. I figured out that there are two answers for this. The answers are twofold. Okay, I'm excited. It's the obvious one where it's like, okay, if you go to one of our shows and you see it and you realize it's like, oh, okay, it's very much like making a spectacle of, if anything, making fun of and being very self-deprecating of the entire 80s hair metal thing. It's, right, you know, we're not actually... But also playing rad songs that people like. Of course, yeah. Right. The other reason why we've not got in trouble for it is if... You're especially I've I've noticed this occurs with people that are like in their twenties whenever I tell them about the band. Uh-huh. And you hear the name Skankbanger. They think that we must be a ska band. <laughs> this has happened to me on multiple occasions. Because of skanking, right? Right. Yes. So like the first time that it happened, I was talking to I want to say it was like a barista or somewhere. Like I was getting a coffee from somewhere. So, of course, some, you know, young person that's cooler than me was making my coffee. Right. And uh, I think I just mentioned, I was like, oh, yeah, I was just sound checking with my band Skank Bang or whatever. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. Do you guys play any boss tones? <laughs> and I was like, no. 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 And they're like, oh, what kind of stuff do you play? And I'm like, it's like hair metal. And they go, oh, I just thought, like, skanking, you know? And it hit me, and I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I hadn't even considered that, actually. And then, like, this another is the time. perfect cover. <laughs> yeah, it really is, man. I mentioned it to somebody else, and they're like, man, that's cool. I love real big fish. And I was like, me too. <laughs> just Unrelated. <laughs> Although, dude, I am waiting for the time that, like, you know, we have a skank banger show. We're all set up. Like our intro music's playing. I walk out to stage, you know, dressed like I do and stuff. And uh-huh. I just see a whole bunch of people in the crowd wearing like little like pork pie hats and sunglasses right. and yeah, checkered suspenders. shoes. Uh-huh. Pop, 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 yep. pop. <laughs> pick it up, pick it up. 
Yeah, they're going to look real disappointed when we start playing fucking pour some sugar on me. <laughs> or maybe we can do both. I mean, maybe there could be a big, say, old, yeah. Yeah, a big old skank pit out there to, uh, you know, round and round. I don't know. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, now I want this. Yeah, I need somebody that. to put together ska versions of 80s hair metal songs. Sure. You know what? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so either way, skank banger, we're safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never canceled. Never. Maybe Ska had a, a resurgence I didn't know about. Yeah. It's always flaring up. It's, yeah, it's never really gone. It's like uh, herpes. It's like you, it's just about right. controlling the flare-ups. <laughs> <laughs> ska is like herpes. It's all about controlling the flare-ups. Yep. 